Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions, but I've also got some YouTube news for you because YouTube keeps pushing out all of these updates. My brother started sending me some screenshots today, so we started digging into the, to the new update in the YouTube app, and there's some really cool stuff that I wanna show you. Some of you will have it already, um, others of you, won't have it yet. So you just get a little, you know, peek of um, of what you are going to be getting um, inside of the YouTube app. And more importantly, how you can actually use this to your benefit to get more views and everything on your YouTube channel, because there's some stuff that I've been talking about for years that you need to make sure that you do. And a lot of content creators don't do it, but I'm going to show you why it's important here in just a little bit. But before we get into that, I do want to let you know that our stream today is brought to you by two TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you A-B test your thumbnails, which they now have that directly within their extension right now. So you can do this without even having to leave YouTube. So you can make sure that the thumbnails that you're using are effective for the people that you're trying to reach. You can try that out at TubeBuddy.com. They also have like 90 other tools that you can use to help you with your YouTube channel. In addition to that, this stream is co-brought to you or co-sponsored. I guess I should say by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that I use to live stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. So if you are watching this on the replay, I encourage you to swing by some Saturday when you have the time. But if you are watching this on the replay, we do add timestamps down into the description as well. So you'll see chapters. So you can just kind of skip around the stream and get the information that you need. But when it comes to StreamYard, the reason I use them is because it's easy to use. I can put graphics on the screen. I can bring guests on really easy. It just makes the whole process of live streaming easier. You can try StreamYard for yourself at StreamYard.com. Or of course, I've got links to TubeBuddy and StreamYard and a bunch of other helpful tools for you as a YouTube content creator down in the description of this stream. So feel free to go down and check that out at any time. So. What I wanna do now, um, first off, I wanna let you know, uh, like as we're getting into the stream, if you haven't been here before, I answer the questions in the order that they are received. So what that means is I have a form that is down in the description of this stream right now where you can go down there, get your questions in the form so that we can go ahead and get them answered on the stream today, okay? So if you got a question, make sure you get it in there so we can make sure that we get it um, answered on the stream today. Ash Borland, what's going on? Doug Houston, YT in the house, my man. Hope you're doing fantastic. Ernie, Shark Scrapper, hope that you are doing awesome as well. Chantel, nice to see you in here also. WIP Media, good morning to you brad magic flying potato i hope that you are rocking jerry builds or joy builds cities what's going on jerry pop andrea what's up my man hope that you are doing great ozzy k-pop mom in the house hope that you're doing awesome and excellent dude hope you are doing well also neil urban van life what's up dude hope you're doing great 86 street chef project i can sit here and shout out everybody hope everybody's doing awesome hope that you've had a fantastic week i hope that you checked out the news segment yesterday if you are one of the people that got that email talking about your adsense account being canceled i've got that whole conversation pinned to the top of the chat right now so you can just get you know more informed on what's going on there as well as some other youtube updates but let's get into something that i'm really excited to um, show you today so and then after this while you're you know this is going to give you time to go down into the forum get your questions in there and then i'm going to show you this right here and i'm sure throughout the stream i'll have to randomly show this as well today i'm um, just because you know more people will be coming in but for those of you that are here right now i just want to go ahead and get it off to a good start and show you uh show you some of the updates here so um the very first thing as part of this 
is just some minor details here, right? So one thing has, we've actually had it for a while, and that is this right here, where we have the updated About Me page on here. So I just wanted to bring this to your attention because what I'm gonna be talking about as I'm showing you some of this is about optimization. And this actually is one part of optimization. This particular thing has been there for a while. The stuff I'm getting ready to show you isn't, or hasn't, it's new. But this right here has been here for a while. But one thing that I do want to rem remind you of is even if you don't have anything in your channel art letting people know the value that you offer from your YouTube channel, there's gonna be a lot more people hitting your YouTube channel because of YouTube shorts and, um, and just the way they're structuring things on YouTube. So because of that, you wanna make sure that you have this stuff updated but you can see right here on mine how i added a little click for info with a little arrow going to the side the reason for that is because this whole area here is clickable and this will send people to your about me page so i just wanted to make sure i bring that to your attention but on the design side um you can see that youtube is like rounding corners we have a darker dark mode which is pretty awesome <laughs> but for the nitty gritty stuff that i'm super excited about going the wrong direction there first off so if you've been watching my content for any amount of time, one of the things that I always talk about is giving yourself the advantage, right? Making sure that you are making sure that you are giving yourself the best possible advantages that you possibly can on YouTube to help people find more of your content. YouTube just leveled this whole thing up. So basically the thing that I'm always recommending to people is make sure that as you are putting your descriptions together, that you're always linking relevant content down there, that you're always linking to playlists, that you're always linking to other videos on YouTube to make it easy for people to find your content. Now, in addition to doing that normally, YouTube is actually leveling that whole thing up. So what you can see right here is this link right up here in the very top of this particular description you can see over here how my comments over coffee podcast link that one doesn't have any type of icon put there by YouTube however how I'm linking to my brother's channel right here you can see that you have YouTube I didn't put this in here YouTube is automatically putting in the little YouTube icon and then putting the short link over to his channel, right? In addition to that, if you look down here at the playlist that I have listed in my description, you can see here that YouTube is also putting the YouTube icon and they're putting this little highlight around the playlists. And the, the idea for this is it's pulling attention to the links that are on platform links. So basically if somebody's going down to your video description and you mentioned, hey, I got a link to that in my description or whatever your thing is, then in that particular case, as they go down there, any link that is on platform, YouTube is going to have this little icon to, and, and this little highlight around the link. So if you are not currently adding videos to your uh, video descriptions and you are not currently adding playlists to your video descriptions, make sure that you start doing that on a regular basis because people do go down to your video descriptions. People will go down there and click on these. Now, of course, if you're getting 10 views a video, it's gonna be a while until that starts happening at scale, but once you start getting more views and more consistent views on your on your content, especially if you're intentionally driving people down to your video description by letting them know their stuff down there, then in that particular case, you're gonna get a lot more people clicking down in your video descriptions. But the fact that YouTube is highlighting this and that they're emphasizing this is, is um is pretty pretty awesome so make sure from an optimization standpoint making sure that you're making it easy for people to find more of your content so the next thing i want to show you um as part of this new update is um another thing that we always talk about not just my channel but everybody who makes you know videos helping youtube content creators we always talk about the importance of playlists and making sure that you're using playlists on a regular basis well another thing that's happening here is that right underneath and the only place i've seen this so far and d actually sent me this one but 
but the only place that um, that we've seen this so far is on his videos and in this particular playlist, and we haven't been able to figure out exactly why it's this playlist that's showing up here and doing this. But basically, this here is a link directly into the playlist. So this video that I clicked on, this one, how to clone yourself in a video. So I clicked into that video by itself without clicking into the actual playlist. I just clicked into that video, but then it's automatically putting the link to the full playlist down here underneath that. So another part of this is when it comes to optimizing your YouTube content and when it comes to taking advantage of these new features that YouTube is making available for your viewers, make sure that you're thinking this stuff through, right? So in his case, he's got Video Leap Tutorials as the name of the playlist. So what you wanna think about is if somebody's watching a video that is in a playlist, then in that particular case, what could you name that playlist or how could you title that playlist to make it compelling for the viewers that are going to see that link underneath the video? Because this is front and center. Right, it's not something they have to click into. It's not something that they have to figure out how to get to. This is actually being presented to them right there, right underneath the video. So it's really important to make sure that you're using playlists on a regular basis, that you're linking to them um, you know, in your video descriptions because of that highlight that they're doing there. And in addition to that, you just wanna make sure that you are being extremely mindful about the titles of your playlists. Because remember, Playlist titles aren't just for categorical reasons, like you know, hey, my, uh, you know, uh, you know, my vacation, right? You want to make sure that you're thinking of it from a compelling standpoint, right? Like, what can I, what can I title this playlist that's informative and lets people know what's in here, but also make it compelling in some way? Now, I'm gonna keep going. I got more exciting stuff, so we're still going. So, um, so next up on the list is YouTube had mentioned that they are um, that they are going to you know be rolling this out. I mentioned this in a new segment. Um, I think you know maybe a month ago that they were working on this. Um, now it's starting to pop up on channels. So I should I should have done like a whole new segment like today on this. But uh, but I was like you know hey we'll just do it in the live stream. Maybe I'll you know do another one you know Monday or something. But but basically right here if you look in this area they say learn how youtube recommends your content so some of you have this right now some of you will be able to see this inside of your um, creator studio app right now if you go under analytics and then you go to that overview tab but basically when you um are in here and you click on that i can't show you all the details because this is another channel um so i can't show you everything that it shows because it's you know proprietary not proprietary but it's you know private information for that channel so i can't you know show that to you i actually don't have access to this on my channel yet um, but here once you click on that they show you like a grid of thumbnails and I've got some other images for you here too as well but they show you a grid of thumbnails and they ask you you know out of these thumbnails if you weren't familiar with your channel which one would you click on and they start to give you more additional information about how people are responding to your content so that you can you know make choices around it but one thing that I really love about this particular update is they show you right here, do your videos keep people watching, okay? And I really wanna, wanna highlight this for a second. So they show you here, do your videos keep people watching? And it says your, in this case, 75 minute videos, cause this channel puts out, you know, very long content. But here it says, you know, people keep um, watching your videos in this case for six minutes and 30 seconds, but many popular 75 minute videos get 21 minute and 50 second watch time, okay? Think about what this means for a second. What YouTube is doing is YouTube is telling us high performing content typically looks like this as it relates to average view duration or how long people are spending watching your videos. 
So as we start getting this information from YouTube, and this is something that we can't see anywhere else. The, the, the only thing closest to this that we have access to currently is the relative audience retention report on a per video basis, not grouping the content together. So in this particular case, what this is doing for us is this is giving us direct targets in terms of if I'm falling way under this, then in that case, if I can, if I can, you know, figure out through my audience retention reports and analyzing how people are responding to what it is that I'm doing and start looking for the places they're leaving and the places they're sticking around and be really intentional about trying to get them to stick around. I now know what the top videos that are of about this particular length, what type of response they are getting. So then we got clear targets as part of this. Um, so like if, like this is huge. <laughs> this is absolutely, uh, absolutely huge. So, um, so I just wanted to make sure that I brought those to your, uh, I just wanted to make sure that I brought those to your attention so that, uh, so that you could see, you know, what was going on there. And we'll probably, you know, show those later on here as well. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that I bring that to your attention so that you are informed and up to date with what is going on, um, on YouTube, since you are, you know, of course, content creators. So. With all of that out of the way, I'd love to know your thoughts um, in the, uh, you know, in, in, you know, the, for those of you that are hanging out here, I'd love to know your thoughts on, on, uh, on what it is that, uh, that's going on there. Do I have a video up in the top right-hand corner? Am I, am I seeing that correctly? What, what is going on there? Did I hit the, uh... huh, that's interesting. Somehow I'm feeding in two different, oh, there we go. I accidentally hit a picture in picture. Okay, got it. All right, so <laughs> so um, so let's hear some questions that we have. Anything? Yeah. So um, these are screenshots um, that I was taking from the uh, YouTube Studio app. So yeah, without question, those are um, those are screenshots directly from the YouTube Studio uh, the YouTube Studio app. So. With all of that, um, we're gonna go ahead and get into the actual content of the live stream today, which is answering your YouTube questions. So if you are just joining us, what we are talking about here is we're talking about YouTube, all things, you know, the content creators, you know, deal with all the things that, you know, that, that we're trying to uncover when it comes to YouTube. Um, and as part of that, just as a heads up, um, I've got a link in the description where you can get your question into a form and we can get it answered here on the stream today. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing, uh, make sure that you go ahead and get your question down into that form so I can get it answered on the stream. All right. So let's see here. I just got to check something really quick. Make sure all my switching. Okay. Yeah, it is going through. Okay. Brian G. Johnson in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Amy Johnson, nice to see you here as well. So our very first question that we have today, super pumped about those updates. So super pumped about those updates. So the very first question that we have today um, is from formerly the Driver Sensei. They do bi-weekly content. The type of channel is um, soon to be travel and adventure channel. Goal of the channel is 30 countries traveled. And the question is, hey Nick, so I've been spending a few days converting my YouTube channel, socials and more over to my new channel name. Will that, or that will be niche focused. My question is when transferring some ownership, which takes seven days, um, when the new account becomes a manager, a lot of data transfers and some doesn't, your comments, for example, but are you aware um, if warnings, guideline strikes are transferred over to the brand account or are they no longer applicable? 
being that the account has a new owner. I'm not sure. Um, so I wish that I could give you an answer on that and give you like a definitive, you know, like, yes, if you transfer from um, a brand account to a non-brand account, it does or does not come with it or the vice versa. Um, but I, I don't actually, I have no idea. It's the first time that question has ever even popped up in my brain or been, you know, asked. I have no idea um, as it relates to, uh, as it relates to that. It's a pretty rare one. <laughs> uh, one thing that you might want to do is you might want to reach out to Team YouTube on Twitter, just at them at Team YouTube and see if, uh, you know, see if they can answer, uh, see if they can answer that one for you. I'm going to, I'm going to guess that it probably does transfer because if not, people would get guideline strikes and then they could kind of bounce it back and forth. Even though there is that waiting period, they could kind of bounce it back and forth as a means to remove them. So I'm going to guess that it transfers right along with it, but definitely get that uh, confirmation. Super chat. Express Sensei, thanks for the, uh, for the super sticker there. I appreciate it. So um, next up on our list here, we got the Creator Classroom. Creator Classroom does tutorials. The goal of the channel is to teach people how to use Canva. And the question is, how did YouTube, Google decide what ads to put on our videos? Is there a way to pinpoint specific ads that are relevant? Thank you so much for continuing to be awesome. So thank you for continuing to be awesome. So when it comes to um, what they decide to, to show on your videos, it comes down to the user themselves. It comes down to where they are, the content that they're interacting with, and how likely they are to interact with that ad. So one thing that some people, you know, do know and other people do not know is that um, when you are using uh, like, you know, Google pixels or Facebook pixels on your website, things like that, you're actually being tracked all over the place. So if you are interacting with a website somewhere that's off of YouTube and they have one of these pixels in their websites, then what can happen um, is that you are, you know, known to be interacting with that and be interested in that and all of that information, including the different apps that you're using on your phone and all of that, like this is all, it's all interconnected to where, you know, they're collecting all of this information and then they present you ads based on what it is that you're most likely to respond to, and also based on the targeting of the people running the ad. So for example, um, in your case, since you're doing Canva tutorials, if somebody were to make a bunch of Canva templates and they wanted to advertise in front of a primed audience for Canva, Canva templates, then in that case, they can, they can target your specific video or your entire YouTube channel if they want to. So, you know, it depends on all of those different variables. So there's the user side and the information collected there, but then there's also the the advertiser side in terms of specific keywords they're after, specific channels or videos they're after um, as well. And audiences, of course. Um, let's see here. So um, Express Sensei, thanks for the super, super chat again, chat. says, um, well, I'll give you the answer to that question once I complete it. <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> So, and, and that, that'll, you know, now that question will be popping up all the time, right? That's just how things uh, seem to work. Like every stream, somebody will be asking that. <laughs> But uh, the next question that we have um, on our list is from um, Restorative Travels. Restorative Travels, they do um, education for health-conscious travelers. The goal of the channel is to help people find safe, healthy resources and destinations and monetize through affiliate links. Question is, I hit when I hit 100 subscri subscribers two plus weeks ago, I was not able to create a custom channel link. They said it's not available as of yesterday. Same deal. Is this because they're introducing handles? I'm afraid that I won't be able to claim the name. So when it comes to the, thanks for the kind words there at the end of that as well. So when it comes to uh, the custom URLs, currently they are not um, available. So you cannot currently get or change a custom URL on YouTube. Everything is transitioning into handles. Now, I don't know if they're going to open up custom URLs again in the future or if they're just locking everybody down into handles. I 
like if I was YouTube, I would just lock everybody down into handles. So then that way, just like all the other platforms, people can go in and change it when they want and, and all that, and it'll update things accordingly. But right now, because they are rolling out handles, they disabled that like, uh, like it was over a month ago uh, when they actually disabled that, but they are rolling out handles now. So make sure that you do go to youtube.com slash handle and everybody here can do this, youtube.com slash handle. And then you'll see if you actually qualify for it yet. If you do, then if you already have a custom URL, then you'll be defaulted to that custom URL. There's been a little bit of uh, confusion in very few cases that I'm personally aware of to where people will have a similar, or not a similar name, but the same name, but the thing in the middle of the name will be different, like a C or a user um, or at the slash. And that's caused a little bit of, actually just one issue that I'm aware of, but I'm sure if one person's had that problem, other people have as well. But when it comes to handles, just go to YouTube, dot com slash handle and then you'll see you know if you qualify for that or not right now but just as a heads up as this is rolling out it's going to be rolling out over the next like 30 days I think it's down to like maybe 20 days now, but they're gonna be rolling this out over the next like, you know, 20, 25 days. So if you don't have it now, you will end up with it. So if you are wanting to make sure that you get the right handle, I would just go to youtube.com slash handle when you're logged into your YouTube account every single day when you start your day and every day before you end your day so that you can make sure that you get the handle that you want so that as it becomes more and more widely available, it doesn't give other people the opportunity to, to take that handle, right? If they're not on top of it. So, um, so because of that, just make sure that you're checking, um, you know, every day so that you can get it as soon as the option pops up for you, because it's your identity on YouTube. Um, you know, like this is how people are going to know you on YouTube. Just like everybody has like their Twitter handles or their TikTok handles, the same exact thing is going to apply here. So our next question is from adventures with time adventures with time. And I love how even here, right in the, um, in the link to their channel, they have youtube.com slash at adventures with time. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Handles in action, but, uh, the type of channels watch collectors, the goal of the channel is to educate watch enthusiasts. And the question is, what's the best way to ask viewers for super thanks? So I'm not sure if it's the best way, but, um, let's brainstorm on a couple of different ways or a few different ways that you could do that. Um, oh my God. Justin Brown, primal video in the house. What is up, my man? Saying Hoon was taken. Oh, epic. So epic. I absolutely love that. Hashtag Hoon. If, anybody, if anybody's been around here, you know, for quite some time um, and you've seen, you know, Justin come in here before, you know, we always get that hashtag Hoon dropping when, uh, when Justin's in here. So if you could just go ahead and drop a hashtag Hoon right here in here, especially since, you know, Justin couldn't get that, uh, that custom handle. Let's do hashtag Hoon. <laughs> What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. <laughs> but, uh, let's see here. Where was I going? That completely, uh, completely derailed me. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep on trucking here with, uh, with something else. <laughs> hashtag Hoon. That's what I'm talking about right there. Love it. Super so, um, Truett Connection says, grateful for your news and lives. Keeps me working to be better and pivot. I did grab my handle at true to it. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm glad that you're enjoying the content. Glad that you're digging the news and the live streams. Um, I, I'm, I'm loving it too, right? Like I'm loving doing the news. Um, just cause it, you know, like part of what I do is, you know, I got to stay on top of, you know, that stuff anyway. So because of, you know, because of that, it, it causes me to make sure that I'm staying on top of it in terms of like, okay, this just happened. So I need to, you know, know about it so that when I have Friday come along, I can make sure that I'm, you know, sharing, uh, you know, sharing all that information with you guys. So I'm super glad that you're, you know, enjoying the news segment and that you are, you know, just enjoying the content overall. 
Ah, the super thanks. Thanks, thanks, Ernie. So uh, let's talk about the super thanks, how to ask for super thanks. So one way you can do it is through a graphic um, to where, you know, you could just have a little graphic pop up on the screen that says, uh, you know, if you're enjoying the content, help support the channel with a super thanks with like a little arrow pointing down to it. I'd be careful though, with pointing to anything on screen right now because of all the updates that are happening on YouTube. Like for example, you know, what I was just showing with the mobile app, but even in that particular situation, I'm going to open up my mobile app here really quick and just show you. Um, even in that scenario, you also have, if you look across the bottom of the screen here, they've even, uh, let's see here. There we go. If you look across the bottom of the screen here, they've even, um, you know, changed the layout of the buttons that are down here at the bottom also. So because of that, um, you know, just like having like a little arrow draw to something might not be the best thing to do right now, um, at least until they get all this stuff finalized because then they probably won't be changing it for a while. But, um, you know, a little graphic that pops up says, you know, if you're enjoying the content, help support the channel, uh, you know, by dropping a super thanks. Um, another thing that you could do is at the end of your YouTube video, um, you could mention, hey, if you, this added value to any way, you know, consider, you know, dropping a super thanks um, by clicking this little, you know, by clicking the button that looks like this, um, you know, below this video or something like that. Um, but I would make sure that you, I would make sure that you put a clear reason in front of it. Like, you know, if you're enjoying the content or if you got value out of this, or if you wanna see more content like this, help support the channel, like that type of thing, and then drop the, you know, hit the, uh, you know, super thanks and, you know, and, and you know, donate what you can, anything, anything will count. But one thing to keep in mind is that will probably turn off a lot of people. And a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, every video this person, you know, asked me to donate or whatever. Some audiences are fine with that, others will not be. But, um, but I would definitely make sure that you are being mindful of that and just paying attention to you know how effective it is um and and all that because technically like you know of course you want that super thanks to to come in but at the expense of what so for example you know if you if you did have you know somebody giving you that super that it would happen at such a low rate that it probably wouldn't matter in terms of the amount of people clicking on your you know next video so probably not that big of a deal so, but yeah, you know, those are just some ideas for you. Um, you know, feel free to experiment with any of those. But um, Poop Scoops for Noobs says they upload when they have time. They do poop and scoop and business. The goal of the channel is to become a resource for other pooper scoopers. And the question is, what research do you recommend I do for my audience when it comes to digital products and services I can offer to other scoopers? I have a few business documents that scoopers need or commercial clients, and I'd like to expand the ways that I can monetize the niche that I'm in. So um, some hot stuff that you can do right now is um, people are selling Notion templates. So like if you have any type of SOPs around your uh, standard operating procedures around your business, then in that case, you could create Notion um, templates and you could sell those um, just as an option. Those could be checklists for customer interactions. Those could be, um, you know, checklists or step-by-steps for, you know, uh, doing proposals. That could be step-by-steps for dealing with certain types of negative situations that happen like let's say you go to somebody's yard and when you go to somebody's yard to you know do the the, the deed or to do the job um let's say they left their dog in the background you know how do you deal with that type of situation and just kind of leverage your experience to put together a bunch of information that you can package to make it available um for them um in addition to that of course any any video training that you can do would also be an option for you so you can put that together in something like um uh you know kajabi or something like that or you could put it on something Something like Thinkific or Skillshare or do all of the above so that you can also tap into their marketplace.
devices. There's also a service um, called Uscreen. With Uscreen, if you're going to be updating continually and you're going to you know make regular updates to it, kind of like you do with your YouTube channel, then in that case, a Uscreen um, uh, account would also be another great solution for you because they have apps and everything. So if you're if you're doing training, then in that particular case, using something like Uscreen or any of the other services that I mentioned um, would be a great place to uh, would be a great place to start. So Nomadic Introvert says, what is ad week? I was told YouTube and Google would be presenting. Um, Can anyone attend? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what ad week is. Um, I don't get those types of notifications over here um, in Asia. So I'm not sure what, uh, what ad week is. And uh, Chad Garber says, hey, Nick, how are you not laughing while talking about pooper scoopers? Here's a funny, funny story for you, a little side story. So back in my previous life, um, I, you know, I I had like a commercial cleaning service, a door-to-door marketing company. And, you know, with both of those, because, you know, I had people that were doing the cleaning stuff and I just had to do a little bit of sales stuff and customer service during the day um, for office buildings. And then we had um, the door-to-door marketing service, which is where, you know, we'd literally go and knock on people's doors for about four hours a night. And with those two things, I had tons of extra time. So I experimented with doing all types of other little like side hustles and side businesses and stuff. One of those was a pooper scooper business. Um, I did it for, um, I would say about two weeks. And part of the whole thing, like when we would start anything was that, you know, you got to do it yourself so you can just see what's involved and know what to ask of other people and all of that. And after two weeks, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have, yeah, like I'm not, I'm, it, that was it. <laughs> and, and my partner, you know, at the times, you know, same exact thing, you know, we were like, yeah, let's, let's not, uh, let, let's find something else to do. But it can be very lucrative, um, which is, uh, you know, which is an interesting thing. So like, if you can get past that side of things, I um, mean, you like working outside and you know, all of that, like it can, it can actually be uh, lucrative. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we just took a hard, you know, turn right there. I want to let everybody know if you are just joining the stream, we're talking about everything related to YouTube. Um, just a little bit earlier, I shared an update of the YouTube interface. I'm going to be sharing that again here in just a little bit as more, you know, people, you know, show up to the stream. Um, and within that interface update, there are some, you know, things that you need to make sure that you're thinking about as it relates to optimization of your content. So you can make it easier to find people or for people to find more of your content that they love with some of the new features that YouTube is rolling out right now um, on the interface for your viewers. So, um, so I'll be showing that again here in just uh, just a few minutes. But our next question is from Taro Taro, and they say that they upload every other day. They do entertainment content, and the goal of the channel says to make a living doing what I love. And the question is, your subscribers get notified of your first three uploads in a 24-hour period. When does that 24-hour period begin? At midnight Pacific or at the end of the last three videos? Um, so yeah, so it would be at the um, at the start of the first video. So you know, like if you upload a video right now, then that would be notification number one, and then you got two more within that twenty four hour within that twenty four hour period. But here's the thing, when it comes to notifications, people do get notifications. And if you have a large audience, then obviously you have a larger amount of people that do have notifications turned on that can't accept them. But if somebody subscribes to your YouTube channel, it doesn't mean they're gonna get a notification. Even if they have their notifications turned on on YouTube to where it says, send me notifications, you're still not guaranteed to get notifications or they still are not guaranteed to get those notifications. So because of that, you know, it comes down to if they have the option enabled on their phones, on their computers, things like that. Um, And if YouTube just thinks they're going to be likely to, you know, respond to it. So keep that in mind as well. 
So um, let's see here. Hey, thanks for bringing that to my attention, Positive Academy. So um, one thing that is also rolling out right now that everybody should know about, and I meant to, to actually add this to my list earlier today and I forgot, is I don't know the details of it yet, but there's a lot of people reporting that they don't have the subscriber requirements to get it, but they're getting a community tab. So you might want to, for everybody here, if you have under the 500 subscriber limit for the community tab, you might want to look in your YouTube channel and see if your community tab has been enabled. Because if it has, then that gives you that opportunity to post into that on a regular basis as well, which you can use to get more familiar and understand your audience better. Um, it will also help you bring more people back into your channel because you can post videos there um, and just gives you you know a chance to just interact more with the people that are interacting with your content already. So thanks again for uh, Positive Academy for bringing that to my attention again. And I'm not sure Again, they mentioned that it's a zero subscriber thing, but I'm not sure yet what the exact rules are for that. But there are people like they, I saw somebody on Reddit mentioning that they had like 80 subscribers and they got their community tab today. So, uh, so because of that, you know, just keep, uh, you know, keep that in mind to make sure that you're checking that out also. They're just rolling out updates like crazy. It's fantastic. But let's go on to our next question here. We've got number seven on our list here. We've got the Halloween Dominus guy. The Halloween Dominus guy says they do gaming content. The goal of the channel says, I just want to make funny videos. Nothing wrong with that at all. And says, I'm having trouble getting to 50 subscribers to start a live stream. And when I try to do it on a computer, I'm having trouble not, um, how to not show my face. How can you help me? How will this affect my channel? So when it comes to um, live streaming on your computer, not showing your face, all you have to do is just show your screen itself. So you can do this inside of StreamYard, which is the streaming software that I'm using to run this live stream right now. You can do that inside of OBS um, as well. And with those, all you have to do is instead of selecting a camera source, you would select your screen as the source, and then you won't have to have yourself show up on camera. Um, on a mobile device, of course, um, on YouTube, they do have requirements of just you know going live immediately on YouTube. But there are apps like Prism, as an example, where you can you know bypass that and you can go live through a third party app. So um, so you can do those types of things. Next up on our list, cruising right through these today, we've got part-time permies. That's another, we got another handle in there. They got the at in front of it. Love it. So um, part-time permies says that the goal of their channel is to document our projects and help people learn about growing and foraging. And the question is, what do you advise about shorts, thumbnails, and other tips. So when it comes to short thumbnails, um, it's important to keep in mind that with everything that we do on YouTube, it's always an advantage to give yourself an advantage because every viewer counts, you never know who it is that's gonna run across your content and who might share your content somewhere or who you might impact in some way with your content or whatever, or any opportunities that might come from you know that one person seeing your video or whatever. And because of that, it's, um, it's important to make sure that you are taking care of all of the options and kind of filling all of the holes. So, so one of the things to think about when it comes to the short thumbnails is use them. I actually have to update some of my recent shorts as well because I just kind of uploaded them on the fly um, and I did make a thumbnail for them. However, 
I'm going to make thumbnails for them. And the reason for that is because I do have other shorts with thumbnails on them. And the funny thing is one of them um, is actually getting crushed with search traffic. <laughs> so um, it's a YouTube short. Hardly any of the, the, the viewership on it is actually coming from the short shelf. Um, most of the traffic for that is actually coming from YouTube search. But in addition to that, YouTube shorts do also show up in Google. So if it shows up on Google, if you have a thumbnail, it helps give people a little bit of context about what it might be about, or it might be compelling. And then that can also be used to pull people into the content as well. So just like tags, right? They're not the most important thing anymore. Um, I mean, they never were the most important thing, but they're not as important as they used to be has been massively degraded in terms of, you know, the impact that they make. However, the box is still there, so still fill them out. Um, when it comes to thumbnails with your shorts, the option is there. So go ahead and add a short so you can take full advantage of wherever it is that your content happens to show up. And another part of that as well is that when, when you have um, the ability for people to embed your content, then your thumbnail might show up there as well in case somebody wants to embed you into like a website or something like that. So definitely make sure that you're taking advantage of those features and giving yourself the option. So really quick, um, I'm going to, for those of you that are just joining us, I'm going to show you um, some stuff that I had up on the screen here earlier today, and then we're going to get back into the questions for, let's see here, let me go into stream assets, mobile screens, bam. So yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to show you some of these updates that have, um, that have been put out by YouTube that are going to impact your viewers and that you need to be taking care of and making sure that you're being mindful of this and that you're using these particular features so that you can create those advantages for yourself. So, uh, let's see here. Let me share screen. Let me go to window and let me go here. Okay. So the very first thing that we have here, um, on this screen is that on the new YouTube app update, I just got this today. Um, I'm actually seeing some stuff a little bit differently um, with this in terms of my YouTube app is updated, but my YouTube creator studio or YouTube studio app is not. So I've got screenshots in here for some changes that have happened to the studio app. And I've also got changes that have happened to the YouTube interface. So let's talk about the interface real quick. So um, one thing that we've been talking about and me and anybody who makes content like me that tries to help out content creators, we are, we're always and we've been doing this for years, telling people make sure you put video links um, to relevant content in your description, make sure that you put playlists in your description, those types of things. And the whole idea with that is to make sure that you're taking full advantage of when people do go down to your video descriptions because they do. So when I open up the app today, um, cause D sent me a message showing me some additional updates. And then I opened it up, started digging in there as well. And one of the things that we found is that YouTube is now in the new YouTube app update. They're now putting a little YouTube icon and they're putting a little highlight around playlist links and other on platform links. So the link right up here was just a straight link to my brother's channel. And you can see how they put the information on here with his name. And then they put the little YouTube icon there. They put the little YouTube icon down here with a bullet point with the playlist name right here as well. So you can see 
that it's not just a ugly link anymore. It used to just be an ugly link, but now they're actually putting some, you know, words in there. So as you, you know, build out your call to action up here or your, you know, just information about the playlist, you can actually see like, hey, these can actually work together in some way. So you just wanna make sure that you, if you're not doing this already, that you are adding links to your video descriptions to relevant videos for your viewers and relevant playlists because, people are using it enough for YouTube to be making these types of updates where they're prioritizing things like this. So because of that, make sure that you're not sleeping on this because if you have 10 videos, this isn't going to make that big of a difference, right? It's like, you know, a, a view here, view there, you know, people coming into your content. But if you are, as you're building out your content library and you have all of your content interlinked in all of these different ways, then this just makes it easy for people to find more and end up just kind of caught in a, in a trap of sorts of just watching video after video of yours because they enjoy your content. And hey, really quick, while I'm talking about this, um, I do also want to remind um, those of you, because I forgot to do this in, um, um, in this stream today. But for those of you that are TubeSpanner users, make sure that you get your notepad open for the conversation today, as well as, you know, for this as well, um, because, you know, a lot of, you know, awesome information is always shared here in the stream. But um, if you're not familiar with TubeSpanner, TubeSpanner is the all-in-one YouTube toolkit, all kinds of really cool tools in there, link in bio, script writing tools, um, notepads, you know, all kinds of really cool stuff for YouTubers. Um, you can check that out. I got a link to TubeSpanner down in the description, or you can just go over to TubeSpanner.com. Um, but for those of you that are already using it, just make sure that you, uh, you know, make sure you get that notepad open. But the next thing that we have here um, in this particular case is playlists. So you always hear people talking about playlists, make sure that you're using playlists, right? Well, here you can see that on D's video, I went to his YouTube channel and I clicked on the video itself. I didn't click in from the playlist, I clicked into a video. But this video is part of a playlist. And what YouTube is doing with this particular update is you can see right here that they have the playlist link right underneath the video, even if you didn't come in via a playlist. So what this is doing is this is, connecting, hey, this is, you know, in this particular playlist, so you are going to be able to click on this, and then you can go directly into the playlist. So make sure when you're putting your videos together that you're not just publishing willy-nilly, that instead, when you're publishing your videos, you wanna make sure that you're thinking about it. Okay, how am I gonna be publishing, um, you know, like uh, over the next 90 days? What types of videos or what videos do I, am I gonna be putting out? How am I going to interlink these? What playlists am I gonna be adding these videos to to where I can start creating this user experience by utilizing all of these features that YouTube is putting together, okay? So, um, so that's update number two. Um, the next thing, and this is a minor, you know, just visual thing. And another part of this, this one's been here a long time um, with the About Me page, but I just like to mention that one. That's why I put that one in there. But the next thing on this list is for those of you um, that have the YouTube Studio app installed on your phone, that's different um, from the actual YouTube app itself. But now they have this option to where it says, learn how YouTube recommends your content. And within this, they give you a lot of really cool information. But one of the things that they show you and I can't show you the other things because it has like the the channel logo on it and all of that so I can't show you that right now but um but you can see here that they're showing us how our how we keep people watching compared to how other videos of similar lengths keep people watching so what this is doing this is huge this is absolutely huge because what this update is telling us is that 
in this case, this channel is extremely underperforming if they want to get into that top tier of videos of that length. So what this is saying is that many popular 75 minute videos keep people watching for 21 minutes. So if they are wanting to, you know, if they're wanting to, you know, compete with those particular videos, then, you know, of course there's a bunch of other variables as well. But one of the things is like, hey, they're, they're dusting me on how long they're keeping people watching. So if I wanna be competitive here, then I need to make sure that I'm doing everything that I possibly can to try to get as close to this mark or even higher than this mark in order to make sure that I'm competing at you know the best that I possibly can on YouTube. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I brought those to your attention. And again, I'll be sharing those you know throughout the stream from time to time. But for those of you that are just joining us, you know, it's a pretty massive, you know, pretty, pretty uh, massive and cool uh, update there. But for me, the one with the data stories with the, uh, you know, where they're showing you how long people are watching, pretty awesome. But in addition to that, they're also showing you like a thumbnail grid and they're showing you like, hey, you're not of these thumbnails. If you weren't familiar with your channel, which ones did you click on? They're showing you your click through rate and they're showing you not a percentage, but they're showing you like, hey, out of every, you know, 100 people that sees your video, this many people, you know, typically click on your video. So then you can start gamifying that a little bit and being like, okay, let me get that up a notch this month, <laughs> right? So it just gives you stuff to work on so that you can continually try to improve so you can just keep improving your results over time. Renee Ritchie in the house, what's up, dude? Says, um, data stories, love them. Yeah, super cool. This is my first time. Um, today was my first time actually getting to see that. It's not active on my channel yet, but being able to see it on another channel uh, was, uh, was pretty awesome. I love, absolutely love that information. And uh, he also mentions that the takeaway from that is not to make long videos just to make long videos because if they're not holding viewer interest, they're not really helping you or anyone. Yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So um, next up on our list, we're gonna jump back into the um, gonna jump back into the questions now. So next up on our list here, we've got um, the type of channel. I don't see the channel name; they just have a little emoji there going like this. But the type of channel is music, mobile gaming, and edits. Um, it's a hobby is the goal of the channel. The question is: When uploading videos, the option to notify subscribers is grayed out, and I'm unable to edit it even after the video is uploaded. This option is still unavailable. Please help. Um, I'm not sure why that why it's like that. I don't know. Um, if you have it turned off automatically in your upload defaults, maybe, um, if that option is in there. So go into your YouTube settings. You can log into your uh, YouTube studio by clicking in your profile name and then going into YouTube studio on a computer. Once you are in there, down on the bottom left-hand side of your screen, you're going to see a little gear icon. Once you click on that gear icon, then it's gonna pop up a little box. Um, within that box, go into upload defaults and then see if the notify subscribers um, is available in there if it's already pre-checked. Even if it was pre-checked, you should be able to adjust that. So in addition to that, just make sure that your channel's verified, not with a, you know, like the, the 100,000 subscriber check mark, but verify with like your phone number and all that to um, to ensure that everything is actually set up properly as well to unlock those types of uh, those types of features. So next up on our list here, we've got Gigantic is the channel name. Love the channel name. That's fantastic. And I, I Viper is in the house. What's up, people? This your boy Viper. What's up, man? About Viper, what's up, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. 
So, um, so this channel is a gaming channel. They say that they enjoy playing games and making videos, um, and they think that others can enjoy them too. And the question is, is it a right idea to share unrelated content with our niche, such as memes to get more views and subscribers? So here's something that is always important to just consider or remember. So when it comes to all of this stuff, when it comes to YouTube or any other social media site, um, if you are uploading and you're uploading for the sake of like, hey, I'm just making these videos. I wanna put them out there. If people run across them, that's cool. If not, that's fine too. I'm not actually trying to do anything here. I'm just, you know, my win is creating a video, getting it up on the internet. Like that's it. If people see it, cool. If people don't see it, I'm fine with that too. Then in that case, you can upload anything you want at any time and nothing matters, right? And you can still grow that way. Um, in some cases, you know, you might have some videos that take off and they end up, you know, bringing you a lot of viewers and stuff like that. And people might just get into you and, you know, you can grow that way, but typically it takes a much longer period of time and it's much more difficult to do because it's really difficult for you to create binge watching sessions on your channel. And it's also really difficult for you to just make content for a very targeted group of people. So because of that, what is a better practice if you're trying to, well, I'd say best practice because I can't say better because we all have, you know, different, you know, reasons to do this. But if you are trying to grow a YouTube channel and you're like, hey, I, I want to do the thing. I want to, you know, get into the partner program and get ad revenue and I want to grow a channel and grow a community. And I want to, you know, get all the fun stuff that goes along with that and just have this whole YouTube experience. Then in that case, it's best practice to think about first what it is that you want with your content, like what it is that you're trying to actually accomplish, and then think about, okay, this is what, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, so if this is what I'm trying to do, then what content can I make for a particular group of people that will, you know, help me do that? Or just start with the audience and say, okay, I love making this type of content. So who is it that consumes this type of content and how can I understand them better? And you start making content for that very specific group of people. So, you know, in some cases, it could be, you know, like, uh, you know, you make, and I'm just going to say some of this is based on, you know, content that I watch, but, you know, in some cases, you know, it would be like YouTube, right? My entire channel serves YouTube content creators. That's who my target audience is. There's some nuance there, but that's, you know, it in a nutshell. Um, but in addition to that, you know, you'll go and you'll watch some music channels and some of those music channels, they're just teaching people. So they're not necessarily, you know, making music videos, but they are teaching people about music. And in that particular case, in some of those channels, they'll put out content that, that they'll use one software for some of their content and then they'll use another software for some of their content another software and it gives them more of a broad audience but it also kind of dilutes things a little bit because if somebody comes in for one piece of software then they're not necessarily going to care about the other videos with the other software and then you also have other channels that will just focus on teaching people music that have that one piece of software like logic pro for example and with them they typically do great because if you are somebody that is installed logic pro and you're trying to figure out how to use it once you run across one of those channels just like if you're a content creator and you run across mine once you start seeing the videos, you're like, oh my gosh, th this is fantastic. Like I can just watch all these videos and by the time I'm done with this, I'll, I'll know like all the stuff I need to know to like really get going here. So when you are really focused on a particular group of people, then it really helps you along the way to one, achieve your goals faster, grow your channel faster. Um, it also makes you more um, marketable, I should say. Um, so when it comes to like sponsorships and other opportunities that pop up, it's also helpful there. Um, so for example, 
if we were to do it from a crafting perspective, right, for those crafters in the house, then in that particular case, if you are, you know, if, if all of the crafts that you do on your YouTube channel are based around resin, then in that case, any company that has anything to do with crafting that involves resin, your entire YouTube channel is a great fit for them, right? Because you're more marketable. But if your channel was a bunch of different crafts and a bunch of different crafting ideas, then in that particular case, it would be great for, you know, um, serial crafters, I guess you might call them, I'm not sure, but it'd be great for, you know, those people, but it would just be a little bit diluted in terms of it being a powerhouse marketing opportunity for brands, right? So when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, sharing unrelated content, you can, right? You can. And you can also, you know, like some, like even if you have a channel and you're doing awesome, you can still put out a video and be like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to share this with you guys. You can still do that, but you just have to make sure that if you are putting out a piece of content in the event that that piece of content happens to go viral or becomes your highest performing video on your channel, you got to be willing, or at least interested in doubling down on that type of content and building, you know, starting to build your channel around that because that'll end up bringing all the people into your YouTube channel. There are a lot of people in your YouTube channel and then that other content that you're making won't be relevant to them. So you have to be really careful about that. And another thing, if we look at just a bigger picture here when it comes to YouTube, is one of the things that YouTube does is YouTube will look at the content that you're making and the people that are responding to your content. And if they're responding positively to that content, then YouTube will start figuring out, okay, these types of people or these people that are interacting with this content, they watch, you know, other videos like this and other channels like this. And they typically respond, uh, you know, other, you know, content like this, 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 and this. So therefore we're going to find other people on YouTube that are also using YouTube in a similar way as these people that are responding positively to this content. And we're going to start showing, you know, some of this person's videos to them. So then it just makes that whole thing a lot more clear as well when it comes to YouTube recommending your content and people responding to your content when, rec when YouTube does recommend it to them. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot to unpack there, but at the end of the day, what you want to make sure that you're doing is that you're, that you are focusing on a very particular, you know, group of people. So within that, one way that people often look at that is they say, Great, that means I got to make the same videos like over and over again, but that's not the case. So when you are targeting a very specific group of people, then you can make all kinds of different content for them. You just have to run it through the filter of, is this a good fit for the people that I'm trying to reach? And is this something that I think they would get value from? If the answer is yes, then you can experiment with it and see how people like it. If the answer is like, eh, probably not or no, because it's completely unrelated, then in that case, then you wouldn't make, you know, that particular video and publish it on that particular channel, right? That's the idea. Next up on our list here, we've got Thand141 Homestead. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. They say that they do homesteading um, vlog. The goal of the channel is to spread knowledge about homesteading, self-sufficient lifestyle, and get monetized. And the question is, will YouTube change my old video links to the new design? I just checked and they are the same as before. Yeah, so when you, um, like when they update the apps and they update, you know, everything, then everything, like everything that you already have in place will still be in place. And then like for the links, for example, if you're talking about the handle, then in that case, like your old links will still direct to, you know, to your YouTube channel 
channel. It's just the handle is going to be your identity moving forward, right? So that's the link that you want to share. When it comes to like links in your video description, things like that, um, those options are going to start popping up once you get the new version of the app. But some of your viewers are already having that option and they're already seeing them. Tube spinner in the house. Danielle, thank you for the super, super chat. Says, why do videos about metal fasteners get such good retention? People find them riveting. Like it. But hey, I, I'm, I'm going to subtract a point because it wasn't YouTube focused. <laughs> so it's good. It's good. It's funny. But it wasn't YouTube focused like they usually are. So uh, so yes, I'm, I'm going to subtract one point. <laughs> like, like we have a point system going on here, right? So good. Okay, so next up on our uh, list here um, for the next question that we have on our list. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about YouTube, all things related to YouTube. I've got a form down in the description where people are submitting questions. Those are uh, what I'm you know, answering as I'm going through this. Later in the stream today, we are going to be doing what I call lightning round, where I, I just start pulling lots of questions out of the chat. Um, if there is a you know question that stands out to me in chat, something that you know doesn't get asked that often or something like that, then sometimes I'll just grab those anyway. Um, but for the most part, I stay focused on um, I stay focused on the um, uh, form that I have uh, down in the description. So, oops, that didn't work out like I thought. Let me close that. Let me go into that. There we go. Mission Control. Okay, so next up we got Asia Coffee. Asia Coffee says, oh, thanks, Doug. I will get that here in just a second. Um, Asia Coffee says, <laughs> Danielle says, tough crowd. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I know we're, we're back here like throwing tomatoes, right? Not really, right? Like I was the only one, you know, because we lost the points that gave me one tomato, I think. <laughs> so uh, Asia Coffee says that uh, they do cake decorating tips and tutorials. The goal of the channel is to help people learn how to decorate cakes and other desserts. The question is, I've been uploading shorts consistently for the last month. These are in addition to bi-weekly long videos. I've noticed a few days ago that YouTube has switched the thumbnails on all the shorts I'd uploaded recently. When I uploaded, I had chosen a specific thumbnail, but it appears that they've been changed when I look at my channel page on the YouTube app and on mobile. When I look on YouTube Studio on mobile and desktop, I still see the original some thumbnail selections. No one seems to be talking about this. This has major implications for shorts views. I can't be the only one. Any idea on why YouTube is automatically selecting thumbnails for creators despite us selecting um, our selecting it ourselves during upload? So YouTube is constantly testing, you know, things on the platform. Part of that is they, you know, do, you know, that sort of thing sometimes. Um, in the past, they've also done tests to where they completely remove the thumbnail in certain surfaces just to see how people respond to them. And, you know, as part of the thing here, it's not like, you know, they're, they're you know, trying to, you know, make the video not perform well. It's actually the opposite. So they're trying to figure out, you know, hey, if we make this minor change, will people respond to it more, right? So it's not that they're doing you, you know, bad, so to speak. It's just that they're just running a, a temporary experiment. So with that, um, that particular experiment will run, you know, for a little bit, and then you'll be right back to normal. So I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even worry about that sort of, um, that, that sort of thing. Cause it's out of your control. Like there's, there's nothing that you can do. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we've got 86th street chef project, Asia coffee. My pleasure. Um, 86th street chef project says, Oh, let me answer this, uh, super chat here really quick that Doug, uh, just mentioned. Oh, also, um, wreaths by faith, Dean and Diana. Welcome to the Nimanati. 
Welcome to the Nimenati. Make sure next time you get the chance, you go to nimenvip.com. That is our members only Facebook group. Um, if you can do that before the stream is complete today, then I will go ahead and get you, um, I'll go ahead and get you in there once the stream is complete. So uh, let's see here. So on the super chat side, let's see. Okay. So true to it connection, I answered that one. Oh, okay, here we go. So true to it uh, connection says, how do we create short thumbnails? I haven't seen it. So if you are on a mobile device, um, you actually aren't going to be able to do it. So what you have to do is you have to actually, you know, upload it on a computer or upload it on your phone and then go in and add it on a computer. So, um, so currently on a mobile device, that's not your, uh, you know, that's not the, that's not the thing at the, uh, at the moment, or you're not going to be able to do that uh, at the moment. So next up here, we've got, uh, okay, 80 Strict Chef, uh, 86th Street Chef Project says they have a help channel. The goal of the channel says I'm uploading new videos for cooks and chefs to give them help and advice that I wish that I got when I was new. The question is, this is kind of a long one. I did an experiment. I uploaded a short calling out chefs who turned guests away with food allergies. I uploaded to YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. I didn't alter tags, title, description, or length. On TikTok, I got 219,000 views and I went from 12 subs to 650. On Instagram, I got 22,000 views and 50 subs, but on YouTube, I only broke 2,000 after three weeks. Do you happen to know why video would break out on one platform, but not the other one? Is it an algorithm thing? It's absolutely an algorithm thing. So basically the different you know platforms are showing you to different people. Um, so, you know, people that are interacting with your content on TikTok, they're just going to respond to it differently anyway, because of the experience that TikTok gives. Um, people on Instagram Reels, they're going to respond to it differently based on, you know, the experience they give, which is pretty similar to TikTok. Um, and then on YouTube, people are going to respond to it differently here as well. But within that, you also have how they are gauging high performing content. So in one case, they might just try to throw your video out, you know, to a lot more people. And that might get a lot more people interacting with it on those other platforms to where here they might be just a little bit more specific specific of who it is that they're showing your content to instead of just randomly showing you to uh you know to whoever ko mario's tv what's going on hope that you are fantastic good evening to you as well reporting in there from the philippines we're practically neighbors on a global scale so I'll uh, see so Death Monkey XL says that they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to be the go-to spot for information about upcoming games. And the question is the top channels all do the same thing the same way and is more search-based, but I want to go beyond that. Do I just need to follow the trend and break out of it later, or should I keep experimenting? Keep experimenting. So when you see other channels in your space that are doing well, you do want to look and say, like, okay, what are the things that they're doing well? What are people responding to? You know, what do I think it is about what it is that they're doing um, that, you know, causes them to do well? And is there any of that that I can use as inspiration while I'm trying to find my own way, so to speak? And then you, you know, you deploy that and you start, you know, trying those things. But when it comes to standing out, that's where you try to do different stuff, right? Because, you know, in all genres of content across YouTube, a lot of people do fall into those categories to where it's like, hey, everybody's just doing the same stuff and everything looks the same and it sounds the same. All the thumbnails look the same. And part of that is strategic because, you know, it helps people identify content just based on stylistic decisions, for example. However, um, when you are trying to stand out, then you want to use some of those things, but then you also want to try to add like your ideas to that space as well. So that you can use those ideas and those new fresh perspectives on the space to use those as something that you can do to, to stand out. So when it comes to YouTube, you know, again, 
you know, a lot of people will just see somebody doing something, they'll copy it and they'll just try to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be chasing what everybody else is doing. And then there's other people on YouTube that are, you know, the ones that everybody's chasing. So because of that, you want to just, you know, balance it out while you're getting started and say, okay, I'm going to be somebody that's, that, you know, that, that others are chasing. However, to get started here to help me get an understanding of what works and what doesn't work in my space. Maybe I want to try some of these things that other people are doing. And then once you get an understanding there, that's when you start saying like, okay, this is what's working over here. This is what people are responding to when I do it. So now let me start, you know, using that to get attention or get views or whatever. But then I'm going to start, you know, experimenting with some other stuff to really separate me from, you know, from what everybody else is doing. Brian G. Johnson back in the house. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going, we got Agent Casey G. Thank super you for the super chat. chat. So I'm thinking about turning on my membership on my channel. I teach real estate photography with cameras, a drone, and a 360, etc. I just can't figure out what to offer as a member bonus. Any thoughts? So um, let's see here. So if you are teaching real estate photographers um, with cameras, then in that particular case, I would do I would consider doing workshops. Um, so as part of your membership, you can have like a monthly live stream that you do to where you hop on there, you answer questions about the gear, um, you talk about you know how you get business, you do all of those types of things to give people a you know unveiled look of you know of your business so to speak and open up the floor to them to interact with you in a way to where you can answer their questions to help them also do better directly because you know when it comes to you know putting out videos on youtube you can put out all of the content that you want that you think like hey this is all the stuff that everybody needs or this is the stuff that i think everybody wants but then when you start doing those types of workshops or you open up the floor to you know your community and you're like hey what questions do you actually have then you're like oh gosh i didn't even think about that one. Oh, i didn't think about that one either oh i didn't think about that one either oh that's a pretty nuanced one i didn't even think about that so when you can offer that type of thing as a you know as part of your membership people will see uh, people will see you you know value in that um, in addition to that if you are you know teaching people on the you know real estate photography then you know especially since you're doing you know cameras you're doing drones you're doing you know the the VR stuff like that really opens you up to you know explain the tech and really help you know uncover or not uncover but help people solve problems with trying to figure all that stuff out so for example um, so one thing that I'm trying to figure out and I can't figure out a way to do it in a cost effective way as of this moment in time. So I'm trying to figure out how to do like a 360 live stream of this, where, you know, those of you that have like VR headsets to where you can put those on, I want a camera like right here to where it can be like, you're just sitting right here across the table from me. But I've gotten like all these different live streaming devices. And for whatever reason, like I just can't, like everything seems to be tethered to an app and I can't get it to where I can actually just run it through a computer and do it that way. Um, I might have to just do it off of my tablet or something in the future, but I, I want to do it through a computer. But regardless, the, the situation that I'm trying to explain is that's a problem I'm trying to solve. So like, you know, and I'm really experienced, as you can see with the text that I have just laying around me here, like I'm pretty experienced with this stuff, but I still have problems like that too. So in your case, if you are helping people get started in that business, then that like, you're going to help people in, in, in a massive way when it comes to just understanding the tech and like how to do everything. Um, and also just how to run, you know, that type of business for others that are, um, for others that are doing it. So hopefully that helps. Um, Tamika's library. Welcome to the Niminati. 
Welcome to the Nimenati. Make sure next time you get the chance, you go to nimenvip.com. That is our members only Facebook group. Um, um, uh, when you go there, make sure you fill out all the information that is going to be presented to you there because um, that's you know, our Facebook group. So fill out all the information so that I can verify that you are you know a channel member. It's how I identify it. Um, and then I will let you in there after the stream is complete, um, as long as you can do that before the stream is over today. Agent Casey says, thanks, Nick. I like that, helping grow their business. I can help, um, I can help you do that 360 Live. Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah, hit me up on um, on uh, like a Twitter DM because by the time the stream is done, because I'm still going here for like two more hours. So by the time the stream is done, like that's going to be way out of my brain right now. So if you could just shoot me a message on uh, like a Twitter DM, that would be super, um, super, super helpful. Um, so let's see here. So next up on our list here, um, we've got, uh, let's see here, Repair Gang. Thank you for the super chat, man. I appreciate it. it. Says your advice helped my channel hit 3,000 subscribers. High five and fist bump to you. Wrong camera. High five and fist bump to you on the uh, 3,000 subscribers there. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So next up, life on YouTube and Twitter. Good afternoon. Hope you're doing great. So Death Monkey XL. Did we answer this one, top channels? Okay, we did. So next... We've got, we're on question number 15 already here, says, keep pressing and keep praising is the name of the YouTube channel. They have a gospel music channel and the goal of the channel is to encourage others in their walk with God and to present the gospel in an acceptable manner that draws good attention. And the question is, can you give us an example or show us how on how to bring in that new feature you mentioned of a playlist can have a link at the top for people to click? still uncovering it. So literally like maybe an hour before the stream started, hour and a half before the stream started, that's when all of this came to my attention. So in terms of what is causing that, that link to show up, the playlist link to show up directly under the video, I'm not sure what's causing it yet. Originally I thought, okay, some videos are getting this, other videos are not. So it must be because it's a series playlist. But I looked at other videos that have series playlists that I know on multiple channels that I know are series playlists. And um, in those cases, it didn't show up. So I'm still trying to under uncover myself on exactly what causes that to show up as a playlist link directly underneath the video and why it shows up in some videos and not in, uh, and not in others. Um, if you remember, got that on the community tab thing. They're wanting to hook up more small creators sooner. Oh, and really quick, um, Doug Houston, he, he left a message in here for me, says on the community tab thing, they're wanting to hook up more small creators sooner. Channels need to have advanced feature eligibility activated, which means that you have to have an uploaded ID or a channel history. So, um, so he put that um, in my notes over here. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention as well. For those of you that are under that 500 subscribers that are wanting to get that community tab, um, because that is opening up for a lot of people right now where people are reporting that they are um, getting the community tab. So uh, let's see here. Oh, I wonder why that's flashing like that. Let me uh, close this maybe, turn off screen sharing. There we go. Okay, so next up, um, gospel music playlist. Okay, yeah, so we've got that one already. Next up, we are on 16. Okay, so really quick. Um, so Renee Ritchie says that, um, um, and he's a YouTube liaison, uh, the YouTube liaison, by the way. Um, so he says that I think it's just a visual treatment for YouTube links in the experiment that you're seeing there. Okay. Nice. So yeah, so on his particular video, if you go um, to D's channel and you click on one of his video link or one of his uh, uh, video leap videos, that's where it shows up. So basically, um, uh, even if you don't click into the actual playlist itself, there's a link um, directly under it with the name of that 
playlist uh, that he has that in um, directly under it. Um, so I'm not sure because it, it's clickable. So it's not just a visual thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I'll be trying to figure that out. Yeah, that there goes my weekend. Right, trying to, <laughs> trying to figure that out. Oh. So, uh, so let's see here. So next up on the uh, on our list here, we've got Dempsey illustrations. But before we do that, super repair chat. gang, thanks for the super chat. Says thoughts on that YouTuber with two million videos. Holy cow, that's a lot of videos. Yeah, so I'm not sure um, that that's not on my radar. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who that is, but that's a that's a ton of videos. Holy moly. I'm guessing, I'm, I don't know if that's like automated stuff. Like I have no idea. Like in terms of the amount of time it would take to actually make 2 million videos, holy moly. So Dempsey J Illustrations says that they do illustration and crossover content. The goal of the channel is to share art and stories with anyone who likes them. And the question is, what are the top three analytics to look at for to know if a video slash topic is one to double down on? So when it comes to a video, so here's the thing. Um, when it comes to knowing a topic to double down on, it's actually when a particular topic ends up performing substantially better than other videos on your channel. So the idea here in terms of just giving some context is one thing that YouTube recommends is that if you're just starting a YouTube channel, and you don't know what to do. You're like, hey, I don't know what I wanna do with my YouTube channel yet. I don't have an actual goal. I just wanna be a YouTuber and I wanna do the thing, but I don't really know what type of videos I wanna make yet. Then in that case, they recommend that you just start uploading content about things that you already enjoy. And the reason for that is because if one takes off, then that you know would be your direction. But then as you're publishing that content, some of your videos are gonna do okay. Some of them are not gonna do okay, or they're all gonna do okay, but then you're gonna publish one and it's gonna end up doing substantially better than the other videos in terms of just like people responded to it all the way around. They've got, you know, the, it has more views on it because the video itself performed better in terms of click-through rate and people watching it, people getting to the end of it, maybe clicking on another video, all of that. Um, they responded well to the topic, they liked it more, more comments, you know, all of the stuff. People just liked that more. That's where you wanna be like, okay, people are really people really like this so let me make something that is topically similar in terms of you know along the same lines for these viewers and see how they respond to that one and then if they respond well to that then you keep walking down that road is the idea in my opinion it's always better to have like a plan and be like, hey, you know, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is the type of content I want to put out. This is the audience that I'm trying to reach with this content and have a plan when you come on, um, you know, because then you hit the ground running. But if you do come on and you are in that situation, where like, I don't know what to do. I, I'm just going to publish some videos and see, you know, if anybody likes any of my stuff, then in that case, publish what you like and then just make sure that it is content that if it does happen to do, you know, very well, that you can build, you know, your, your channel around it. Andrew can in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Matt Gebre. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Nice to see you in here as well. So uh, next up, we've got the KMH family. KMH family. They do lifestyle content. The goal of the channel is to inspire and entertain. The question is, hey, Nick, hope all is well. It is well. Hope that you are well also. We're creating an online course and want to have a private member-only community for those that purchase the course with the majority of my daughter's community not having a Facebook account. Which platform would you recommend that we set up? Thank you so much, Hannity. So um, if you are going to do something like that, of course, you could do it on Uscreen because they do have um, you know an actual community thing that you can do in there. Um, you can also just use like a third-party app like Discord um, to where you just drive people into Discord with her age demographic. 
most of most of them will probably at least know about Discord. Um, so I would look into um, I would look into Discord with that. And there's there is things that you can do. I don't know how to do it, but there are things you can do to where you can like open up access to Discord when people join specific things and all of that. Um, it's pretty technical, but you know there I'm sure you can hire um, somebody you know on like Fiverr or something to help you out. But um, um, but you can do that types of cool stuff also. But yeah, I would just go for like Discord or something. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list, we got Marino. Marino does gaming content. The goal of the channel is to inspire others. And the question is, hello, Nick. My channel got 6.5 million views from shorts last month. What's up, Nick? There we go. I got to learn my buttons. High five this month to you for 6.5 million views um, from shorts last month. But says, but I did not receive a shorts bonus. Do you know why? Um, I don't know why. So with those, you know, YouTube selects who gets those. Um, and I don't know why you, you know, why you didn't get it. I don't know if it's the, the type of content that you're publishing. Um, I don't know exactly what it is that, you know, that caused you not to get it. But I do want to let you know, um, just as a heads up, that with you hitting 6.5 million views, you just need three and a half million more um, plus some watch time in order to get fully monetized from um, from your shorts. So you're almost there. So you have um, 90 days. Well, now if, if this happened, uh, you know, over a month, you got 60 more days, um, maybe a little bit less, but 60 more days to um, to you know to hit that four million more, three and a half million more in order to um, to qualify in the view side. Next up, we got the Project Equestrian. Says that they do equestrian content. Goal of the channel is to share my passion and make money. Question, is it important to have a Twitter account as a YouTuber? And if so, why? So this is one of those things where it really comes down to like where your audience is at, um, what it is that you're trying to do, if you want to secure the brand you know, on those places or not. So when it comes to Twitter, I've found Twitter to be awesome. But the reason I found Twitter to be awesome is because a lot of, you know, people that I interact with are there. Um, it's a great place to just get, you know, feedback or just to have, you know, just real quick conversations or just kind of express your thoughts or share news or like anything like that. And um, because of that, you know, I, I like I'm on Twitter a lot. So um, when it comes to the importance of having it as a YouTuber, it's one of those things where it will take up more time because it's one more thing that you have to manage. But as part of your Twitter account, that does also give you the option to where if you do send people there from your YouTube videos and you start having the people that are interacting with your content also follow you on Twitter, then the win with having a Twitter account becomes one, you get that direct communication with people. But in addition to that, when you publish new videos, you can post them on Twitter and the people that are following you are all people that are already interested in your content in the first place. So then that gives you the opportunity to kind of use Twitter as an additional notification system right along with YouTube. So as your influence on YouTube grows, some of that will spill over to, to Twitter. And then when you publish new content, you can put it up there. You can also use Twitter just to ask people questions and just better understand, you know, your audience as well, just like you would do with your, um, just like you would do with your community feed. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. All right. So, uh, so, here, so next up on our list here, we've got the Gaming Eve. Gaming Eve, I think is how you say that. Um, they have a game guide channel. The goal of the channel is to help people play the games. The question, I would like to know how to better my channel and why shorts don't show my end screen or thumbnails. So with the shorts experience, people go from, you know, they swipe, 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 swipe with, um, with shorts. So it's actually recommended that you do not add end screens to your shorts. So that's why they're not, sh that's why they're not showing there. For the thumbnails, 
on YouTube, they do not have, uh, you know, on, on you, some places on YouTube, you don't see the thumbnail. Um, but in other places, you will see the thumbnail. Like in Google, for example, they still show um, thumbnails for YouTube shorts. So when you do use the thumbnail, you're giving yourself that one more little advantage um, for that. But also, let's say that tomorrow, YouTube, and this is just a little bit of pre-planning, but let's say tomorrow that YouTube does an update where they're like, hey, now we're going to start showing thumbnails in everybody's shorts. And you're like, oh my gosh, I could have been doing these over the over the course of me uploading, you know, a hundred shorts. But now that they have this available to where, you know, to where everybody can make thumbnails for their shorts now, and they're showing up the shorts instead of just showing a little vertical video. Now I got to go and make a hundred thumbnails, right? So just by doing it now, you're just one future proofing yourself Two for the places that the thumbnail will show up, then you are giving yourself that advantage there as well. Um, X F L I S. I'm not sure. Um, give it a shot. You have to make sure I know it's available on Chrome. It's available on, um, Safari and Firefox and edge as well, I believe. Um, so you, you know, make sure that you have the right extension for the right, uh, you know, uh, browser that you're using. Um, and then you should be good to go. Um, if you're having trouble installing it, just send them a support ticket and they'll get you all, they'll get you all sorted. So uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, we've got, we're on 21 already. We got Sir Bear. Sir Bear says that they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to educate and entertain gamers on their favorite games. Question, Nick, if your niche does creating related content with the same field, but not the same niche, hurt that content or audience, like posting games that aren't part of your niche. I think almost every gamer creator wants to eventually entertain and have people watch them for them and not for the game, but finds it hard to start somewhere. Absolutely. So when it comes to what you're talking about, that's kind of like the 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 holy grail, so to speak, for gamers, right? It's like, hey, it doesn't matter what I play, people are you know still coming in and watching me play. Um, however, within that though, you still do also have to where, you know, if you're somebody that's making, and I'll just say Fortnite content, if you're somebody that's doing like Fortnite videos, then in that particular case, if somebody loves Fortnite and they land in your channel, it's like, wow, all these Fortnite videos, then they're going to love it. Whereas if you're like, Hey, I've got some call of duty content. I got some Fortnite content. I got some GTA content. I got some, you know, uh, the best of us or rest of us or whatever it's called. I got some of that. Um, I've got, you know, all these different games, um, on here, then it starts kind of diluting things a little bit. But what I recommend that you do, if you're like, Hey, I got to play something else. Like I've, if I keep playing this game and making videos about this game, I'm going to go nuts. Then in that case, um, what I recommend that you do is if you have your community feed, then go ahead and start asking in your community feed, the other games that people play. Um, if there's, if you're wanting to lead them in some way based on your interests. So for example, let's say you love, um, you know, certain like, uh, uh, car racing games. Then in that case, be like, Hey, you know, um, you know, how many of you play car racing games? You know, yes, no. And then that way you'll start to get a gauge. Okay. So a lot of these people do not play car racing games or a lot of people do. So then it starts to give you insights on your audience and the things that they're interested in so that you can start to over time, this will take a little bit of time because you can post, you know, you'll be posting these on a regular basis to get that information. But as you're posting those questions, you're going to, as long as you're tracking everything, you're going to be able to start noticing, okay, so it looks like my community, a lot of them will play, uh, you know, like, uh, like battle Royale type games. So then that way, um, I'm going to start shifting the questions that I'm asking to start making them more specific around battle Royale games. 
And then you start saying like, okay, so you're playing Fortnite over here. You guys are loving that. Um, out of these battle royale games, what do you like? You like PUBG? You like uh, Call of Duty? Like, what is it that you like? And then uh, there, you'll start, you know, isolating more information about, you know, just more games based around battle royale that they like. So then you can start saying, okay, these, this is, you know, these are all games that they like. So I'm going to make more battle royale content, but it's not going to be the Fortnite content. Instead, I'm going to do like PUBG or you know something else. Um, so when you start asking that information from your community, then you start getting tons of insights about the things that they care about, the things that they're interested in, so that when you do start wanting to publish content on additional games, you are at least aligning with a decent percentage of your audience when you're when you're doing that. So when you start publishing those games that they start coming in, then they love you playing Fortnite, they love you playing, you know, Call of Duty. Um, and then, you know, you keep rinsing and repeating that process as you go through your journey on YouTube until eventually you're making, you know, you have some content that goes out on this, some content that goes out on, uh, you know, Call of Duty, some content that goes out on these other things, because over time, you've gotten that really deep understanding of the other games that your audience is into, and you're serving them, you know, with all those different games. Um, short for Matt says, I got to get that community tab. Yeah, they're actually rolling it out. Like some, some, some smaller channels, like there's a guy on Reddit that posted today. He has, I think 86 subscribers. He got it. Um, I've seen people posting on Twitter about it, seen people posting on Facebook about it that, that are way under the 500 subscriber limit. So, um, so people are getting the community tab. Um, it's just, I'm not sure what the actual requirements are, uh, for it. So Filipina in, in Arizona and Cebu says, I live in Arizona and go back to visit my family in Cebu, Philippines often. Um, is vlogging about my life in both places a good idea? Um, different experiences. So it can be, it can be fine. Like if you're like, you know, half the time in one, half the time in the other, it's fine. But one thing that, that can happen with travel channels is they will grow audiences around, you know, around that area. So like, for example, you know, if you go to the Philippines a lot and you're making content there, then you're you know likely to also have, you know, a decent Filipino audience. Um, and if you're in Arizona, then in that case, you're, you know, more likely to have, you know, more us people that are watching, you know, that content. So just kind of balancing it out and making sure that you're okay with that. And, you know, in some cases, like if, you know, since you are a Filipina living in Arizona, you know, in that case, you're probably going to be okay because when you go to the Philippines, you're making content there that allows you to kind of tap into the Filipino fan base. And then you're able to take them with you to Arizona so that they can see the experience of a Filipina uh, living in Arizona. So in that particular case, it might work really good for you in one direction, but maybe not as much in the other, in the other direction. But experiment, you know, experiment with it because, you know, you might be one of those situations where, you know, people are like, oh, I don't care where she goes. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch it all. <laughs> so uh, so definitely, um, definitely experiment with it. Um, let's see here. Uh, Fly Little Birds member for 26 months. Thank you for uh, your support there for, you know, quite some time there. Thank you for that. It says I'm over 2000 subscribers and close to monetization. Thank you, Nick, for keeping me encouraged. The channel is now about adoption, fostering and parenting. Nairi. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. And congratulations to you for getting over 2000 subscribers on that too. So uh, let's see here. So next up on our list here, did we do Sir Bear already? Niche just creating content. Yes, we did. So now we're going to go to the next one on the list. And really quick, if you're just joining us, what we are doing today is we are talking about YouTube and all things related to YouTube. So I'm answering questions that are down in the form that's in the description. I'm going to be pulling questions out of the chat here a little bit later, but for now I'm focused on the um, description. So feel free to get your questions um, down there. Um, in addition to that, if you are coming in because you saw the title that says, 
something about um, you know the new YouTube update that you need to know about. I'm just gonna give you a quick run through on that because I've already shared it a couple times in the stream today, but I just wanna make sure that you know that those of you that are coming in now that you also see it. But I'll make this quick um, this time for you know those of you that have already seen this, so hang tight. Um, this would be a great opportunity to grab yourself a glass of water or something if you've already seen this information. But um, but the thing that I uh, you know was wanting to uh, share with you today um, is about some uh, some interface updates that are happening in the mobile app that your viewers are getting that you need to be mindful of as a content creator. So to get this started. One of the things is down in video descriptions, and some of you will be able to see this already, some of you won't, but down in your video descriptions, um, YouTube is now taking all on-platform links, which means for video links, for linking to other YouTube channels, even handles count for this, um, and linking to playlists, they are putting a little YouTube icon next to it, which helps bring attention to it. Plus they are also putting this highlight around it as well and putting a title on here instead of it just being an ugly link. So if you are not currently adding these things to your video descriptions, you're not currently adding videos that are relevant to the content that somebody would be watching for that particular video. If you're not adding videos to your video description and you're not adding playlist links to your video description, again, to relevant content, then you are missing out on more views from your YouTube channel, especially with this particular update because now YouTube is focusing people through this red you know, icon they have here. They're actually focusing people on, hey, these are on-platform links, essentially saying these are safe links. You can click on these, right? But it's also bringing attention to them. Um, so make sure that you're using these. In addition to that, um, they also have where they are linking playlists um, underneath some videos. I'm still not sure um, exactly why some playlists are showing up here and others are not, because um, I just found out about this shortly before the stream today. Um, but make sure that you're also using playlists as well because now YouTube is starting to actually make a clickable link underneath a video. In this case, I went into my brother D's video, I clicked on the video from his channel page and I did not click into the playlist. When I started, or when I landed on that video, I see this link underneath the video that will take me directly into the actual playlist itself. So make sure that you're using those as well. And YouTube is also putting out some updates. You can see right here where they have, um, this is called data stories, where they have an option here to where it says, I'll learn how YouTube recommends your content. Once you click into that, it shows you a bunch of really helpful information related to your YouTube channel about your thumbnails, about when they present your content to people, how often they click on your thumbnails out of like a hundred you know, times they show it to somebody as an example. They also show you this, which is how long people are watching your videos compared to other videos of similar length. So you can start to get a gauge of how well you need to make sure that your videos are being um, received so that you can be more competitive against other videos of similar length on the platform. This is huge, by the way. But I just wanted to make sure that I brought that to your attention, especially for somebody that's just coming in um, because you saw that, you know, that title mentioning the YouTube features. But you know, with all these things, it's really important to make sure that as you progress through this journey as a content creator, that you are fully taking advantage of all of the different features that YouTube has to offer you as a creator, but that you're also taking advantage of how your viewers are going to be interacting with the YouTube updates that they're putting out. So like in that case that I just showed you, 
you where they're putting the um, you know playlist links um, under the videos or they're putting the video and playlist links with the highlight on them down in the descriptions. These are all opportunities for you to increase the amount of views that you're getting on your content or more importantly, make it easy for the people that already enjoy your content to find more of your content on their on, on your uh, on your channel. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. All right, next up on our list here, we got Sienna in Vancouver. Sienna in Vancouver says they do life vlogging and experience channel based in Vancouver, British Columbia. Question, I upload a fun as a fun hobby of mine. I wanna share with others the beauty of Vancouver, British Columbia, British and bring you along to experience it together. The question is, do you believe social media such as TikTok, Instagram, et cetera, this is funny, this is the second one today, is essential to growing on YouTube? Do you believe it can be a hinder or part of success? Thank you as someone who only uses YouTube. So here's what I recommend. So when it comes to other platforms, I recommend that you, even if you're not using them now, that if you think that you might use them in the future, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, anything, Snapchat, whatever, anything that you think you might be interested in in the future, go ahead and secure your name there. So just like you secure your name on YouTube with your handle now, go get it on Instagram, go get it on Twitter, go get it on TikTok, so that in anywhere else, as well that you're interested in so that you can make sure that you're securing your name across the platform because as a youtube content creator one thing that that a lot of people don't think about especially when they're getting started is they don't think that they're building an internet brand but what you are building is you're building an internet brand i mean it can go off the internet too but you're building you know an internet brand so you want to make sure that you secure that because if you don't secure that then somebody else as you start growing your influence people are like wow there's a lot of people following this a lot of people into this creator somebody else can go get that name. And then you have to go through this whole big mess of trying to, you know, get them taken down or trying to get things transferred if they're impersonating you and, you know, things like that. And it can open up a whole can of worms. And if they actively use it, and if they have a similar channel name and all that stuff, then it can start making things confusing for your viewers as well. So if you can go and secure them, even if you're not using them now, so that you can have them, and then you can go ahead and start using them once you start, you know, getting more interested in those. But when it comes to Twitter by itself, Roger Wakefield in the house. What's up, my man? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Have a safe flight. Hope that you're doing awesome. But um, one thing that um, you want to think about when it comes to your other social media accounts is like Twitter. Great place that you can interact with your community over there. People can DM you over there. You can share your video links over there to people that are already subscribed to your YouTube channel. Um, you know, there's a lot of advantages to it. Um, depending on the type of content that you make, if you're somebody that's making YouTube shorts already, of course, because of the watermark, you do not wanna download your short and then put it up onto other platforms. But if you're making your shorts and you're doing everything, you know, you have it on your phone as a, you know, standalone piece of content, as long as there's not music attached to it that is connected to one of the other platforms, then you can upload that vertical content to TikTok, to Instagram, and uh, Facebook, you know, they have reels as well. Um, but you can upload it to these other vertical platforms, and that gives you just more distribution for what it is that you're doing. And you might find, like the person that was in here earlier, where they uploaded the same video all the, across all the platforms, two of those plat, one of them had like 200 and something thousand views, another one had like 22,000 views, and then YouTube had 2,000 views. So because of that, by putting your content elsewhere, as long as you have a content type that supports it, even if you don't, if you have a, if you just put your content elsewhere, that gives you the opportunity to reach people that care about your type of content 
in those other places. And you might end up blowing up on TikTok and that could end up driving a lot of people over to your YouTube channel. Um, you could end up blowing up on Instagram. That could end up driving a lot of people to your YouTube channel and your TikTok and so on. So because of that, if you have the bandwidth in terms of the time, then in that case, you know, it's definitely something that you, you know, want to consider. But with that said, if you're like, if you're like, hey, I got a job, I've got, you know, a family, I've got, you know, my social life I'm trying to do, plus hold down my YouTube channel and I'm like at capacity, then just secure the names and don't, you know, don't actively go after the other platforms. But if you're like, yeah, I've got some time, um, let me, you know, let me kind of carve out a little bit of space in my schedule so I can make sure that I'm publishing my content in those other places too for those additional opportunities, then um, in that case, you know, go for it. I fun Chris. Hope that you are on fantastic. Nice to see you here in the um, in the stream today. Little crafty nook. Hope that you're doing awesome. Says I've got about 900 followers on TikTok. Nice, nice, nice. I've seen people that that come onto YouTube and and they don't do that great on YouTube, but they end up blowing up over on TikTok. I got a friend of mine. I'm not going to say you know the name, but I have a friend of mine that um you know he's been on YouTube for you know longer than I have, and um you know he does okay, but um but he just crushes over on TikTok. Um, but I know, you know, like a lot of people that have a similar situation to where they'll end up doing way better on one of those other ones. Um, and then they can use that to, you know, send people over to YouTube or just to thrive over on those platforms separately. Buckeye the Cat is our uh, next question here. They do entertainment slash pet content. The goal of the channel is to build a community of animal lovers and brighten people's days. The question is, my shorts are doing great for my small channel, 1,000 subscribers, but no one, watching, no one is watching my long form videos. I've tried all the advice out there. Any new tips that I could try? Thanks so much. Okay, so here's what you got to think about. And I haven't been able to say this for a while. So thanks for answering or asking this question. So when it comes to, yeah, so um, Dr. Uh, Ranjit says that TikTok is banned in India. Yes, it is. So for places outside of, um, you know, India, then in that case, you know, of course, um, or using a VPN um, in India, if you have that option. But when it comes to YouTube shorts and your shorts getting views, but your long form content is not getting views. So a quick discussion that I want to have about this um, because I actually have a video about this on my channel as well. So you can watch that video, but when it comes to <laughs> Eric, wait, nice. Yeah. Ah! Right. That's my, that's my, that's my view just for you, Eric, wait, <laughs> saying that it's like, I'm almost in your studio. So um, when it comes to short views or shorts, getting views, but your long form content isn't when it comes to shorts, you got to think of how people are interacting with shorts and how people are interacting with long form content. So when it comes to YouTube shorts, it's easy to get a view there because YouTube, like somebody just swipes up and then bam, right there's your, right there's your short. So if you hook them and you just grab their attention right there, they're not making the choice to click on what it is that you're doing. You just have to win at the video. Okay. I'm going to say that again. When you are publishing YouTube shorts, you only have to grab their attention in the video right? You don't even have to worry about the skill of getting people to click and putting together compelling titles and all that stuff. You just have to grab their attention in the video. When it comes to long form content, totally different skill set. So not only do you have to be able to hold people's attention for a longer period of time, longer than 60 seconds, but in addition to that, you also have to be able to grab somebody's attention when they're logging onto YouTube, not expecting to watch your content, pull them in through your thumbnail and title, then hook them in your video and then keep them watching that longer video for a longer period of time. 
Okay. So the process and the way that people are interacting with content for long form is a totally different set of skills that you have to work on compared to just being able to grab somebody's attention in a short and then hold them through that particular short, right? So if you are getting views on your shorts and you're not getting views on your long form content, what that means is you need to make sure that you are doubling down on learning the skill sets involved with getting people to interact with your long form content more. So in order to do that, that means spending time learning how to make effective, not pretty, but effective thumbnails, learning how to make effective or compelling titles that your audience will click on. And when it comes to the thumbnail, the first job of the thumbnail is to just grab somebody's attention. Right. So how do I if somebody the, the, the thing the way that you want to think about this is if somebody were to come on to YouTube right now and they loaded it up on a computer and then you had somebody else that was there um, that, you know, they just opened it up on their phone. Let's say they were using the bathroom and they loaded it up on their phone and they're sitting there going through their mobile feed. The very first job of a thumbnail and the very first skill you got to or you have to learn how to develop as a as a content creator is. Okay, somebody's sitting there scrolling through that while they're using the bathroom or they just log on in their computer and they see this big sea of thumbnails in front of them. What about my thumbnail is going to grab their attention and help the people that I'm trying to reach identify that this content is something that they might be interested in? That's step one, right? So work on that in terms of answering that question for yourself. Okay, for this video, if I were to be logging on to YouTube and I did not expect to watch my videos, what about this thumbnail and or title combination will help the people that I'm trying to reach identify that this is something that they care about? Start with that. And then once you start figuring that out, then start, you know, working on, okay, now how can I use color to, you know, put attention towards the right things? Or how can I use the size of objects in my thumbnails to pull attention to the things that I'm trying to pull attention to? How can I use imagery in a way that's going to, you know, really focus people in on, on, you know, what I want them to see or the attention that, you know, the, put the attention on the thing that I'm trying to bring attention to in my, in my thumbnail. And, and you start, you know, kind of leveling up from there. So step one, is how can I help people identify it? Start working on that. And then from there, you know, go deeper down that, uh, that rabbit hole. JP, the link is down in the, uh, down in the description. Next up, we've got Cooper's Let's Play. Cooper's Let's Play does gaming content. The goal is to entertain people and someday go full-time on YouTube. Um, Doug, thanks for the heads up. I'll check those right here in a second. Um, the question is, what happens if people you are not targeting watch your videos and they don't normally watch your type of content? Does that confuse YouTube? So what you might be um, referencing here is like what happens if you share your content with like friends and family or what happens if you share your content on like your Facebook timeline. So if you have an audience already and like everything's going great on your YouTube channel and those types of cases, like people are going to share your content out in different places anyway. Um, but when it comes to getting things started, you want to try to keep that as pure as you possibly can, because the better YouTube understands who is a positive response to your content, the more that YouTube is going to show it to other people like those people versus if like your mom or your buddy is watching it, but they wouldn't typically watch your content, then that starts making things a little bit muddy because then they might watch it just because you're like, hey, look, when you watch this, make sure you watch it all the way in because that's going to show YouTube that people like my video. 
it's showing YouTube that the wrong people like your video in that particular case, because then if YouTube's like, hey, these people are digging it, and then they go and they try to show it to other people like them, they're not gonna respond to it. So the whole idea is just trying to be as clear as you can with who it is that you're targeting and try to get as many of those people to watch it as possible. So one thing that's really important for everybody to understand is a, a, as a content creator, especially if you're getting started, is that it's better to have a lower amount when you're getting started. It's better to have a lower amount of the right viewers than a high amount of the wrong viewers interacting with your content. This is why it can be advantageous in some cases to use what I call an audience identifier with your content to where you're literally targeting, the, or you're calling out in your titles who your content is for so that you're getting more of the right people to click on it. So for example, the one that I like to use for this because it's easy is let's say that you are making content that is targeted towards like moms then in that case, putting four moms or, you know, three things, moms, blah, blah, blah. Um, so when you start putting that type of language in your title, then you're mostly gonna get moms clicking on that content, right? That moms that would be, you know, that that content would be relevant to. So when you start using those types of things in your titles, it helps ensure that the right people are clicking and that you have less of the wrong people clicking. But when you're going super general, then in that case, then, you know, a lot of the wrong people could also be clicking on it. And in that case, you know, if you have general audience content, like, you know, raw entertainment content, then in that case, that can be okay. But if you are, you know, trying to, you know, target a very specific group of people, calling them out, especially when you're first getting started in your titles can be advantageous. Let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got, that was a great question though. So next up, we've got um, Taker Grave. Taker Grave says that they do gaming content. Um, the goal of the channel is for fun and for money. And the question is, what are public watch hours and how do I get them? I also say hi. Hello. <laughs> so um, public watch hours are um, watch hours that come from videos that are public on YouTube. So the difference is if you have a video that's public and you have the public watch hours attached to that, which means that it's currently live on YouTube, not live, like you're live streaming, but it's currently available for somebody to to enjoy on YouTube. They can find it on your YouTube channel. YouTube can recommend it. People can find it in search, maybe that kind of stuff. Then in that case, that video is public and you have the public watch time credit for those. However, let's say that that particular video by itself generates 4,000 hours of watch time. But at right when it hits 4,000 hours of watch time, let's say you unlist that video or you private that video or you delete that video from your YouTube channel. Well, you just lost all of those public watch hours. So because of that, when you're going for the partner program, which is why I'm guessing that you're asking this question, if you're going for the partner program, you wanna make sure that you leave everything live on your channel and that you do not delete anything um, when you're trying to get into the partner program, unless it's something to where it's like, yeah, this is completely for, you know, like when I start my channel, didn't know what I was doing. I made a bunch of content that's not even relevant to the direction that I'm going now. In that case, that's one of those short-term loss for long-term gain things, or it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and unlist that, whatever. But if you are, you know, putting out content, live streaming, you know, or, or whatever, you just wanna make sure that that content is publicly available or accessible on your YouTube channel and that you don't have it unlisted or private. And then that will ensure that your, that your watch time is credited towards you getting into the partner program. Next up on our list here, we've got Salty Pirates Artwork. They do art content, the goal is to make money. And the question is auto tags and descriptions. I filled out the auto tabs and descriptions off my laptop and I load a video from my Apple iPad and the description and the tags are no longer there. Why is that? And is there a workaround? So what I think you're talking about is the upload defaults. 
So if you are doing this on a iPad um, or a phone, then in that case, um, the upload defaults do not work that way um, on iPads and phones. Um, they work on a computer when you upload from a computer. Um, currently, that, um, that's been an issue actually for quite some time. Hopefully, they'll get the, all of that sorted soon. But as of right now, that's just how it is. In terms of a workaround, um, the, the thing that I would recommend if you're doing it on an iPad, like if you're doing it on a computer, um, or a laptop, then I would just say use Tube Spanner um, because then, you know, with their browser extension and all that, you can set multiple, you know, descriptions and you have like little short um, links in there to where you, or short smart tokens um, is what they're called internally, but to where you can click on very specific things and just add them quickly to your description to really blow through your descriptions quickly, that kind of stuff. But since you're doing it on a mobile, what I would do is I would just create a notepad on your mobile device. Just create a notepad, put your, you know, upload, uh, you know, all your upload information in there, and then just copy and paste it. Another thing that you can do in terms of a workaround, and you're going to love this one, um, is if you have, and you can do this on an Android or an iPhone, I'm not sure what the app is for an Android, but they do have um, the same thing. But let me actually pull this up so I can show you the name of the app here. And here it is. So let me, um, and I'll just zoom in on this so you can uh, so you can see it. But if you look right here, this app is called Canned. So what you can do with Canned is this is a keyboard that, um, or basically what you do with Canned is you can put. And everybody here can benefit from this. It's a free app, by the way. And they, ha they have something similar for Android as well. But you can use this for a couple of different things. Um, the very first is if you do everything on your mobile device, one of the things that you can do is you can put your upload defaults in different um, cans, right? Different canned responses. And as part of that, hold on, let me uh, go into here really quick. Let me go back into my account and I'll show you. So one of the things that you can do here is if you go into the canned responses, hold on, let me go here. Let me click on this. It's funny, now it's not uh, Now it's not working. Hold on, come on, come on. Typically when you click on this little globe here, oh, you know what, I just updated my phone. So I might have to actually reconnect everything. But, um, but basically what you do is you just click on the little world icon and then it will come up with all of the pre-canned responses that you've already put in there. So if you get similar comments, oh, thanks, Doug. <laughs> I'll get those. I'm actually gonna open that tab right now so I don't forget. So the um, so if you get a lot of similar questions in your comments or a lot of things that people similarly say, say you know on a regular basis, then what you can do is you can go ahead and make a canned response for that. And then when somebody asks that question, you can just hit reply on your phone, hit that canned response, and then it puts all of that text in there, and then you're good, which is awesome. So it saves you a ton of times and it can make um, it can make commenting quickly. That's how everybody here can benefit from it. But for those of you that are doing everything on your phone, you can also do the same exact thing with your upload defaults. So what you can do is you can put out like, hey, you know, when I upload my videos, this is what I typically, you know, the, the information that I always put in like every description or almost every description. And you can make a canned response for that. And then when you go through the upload process, the same exact thing happens to where you can just say, okay, I'm gonna click on that, bam, click on that, bam, it's gonna drop that information right into your video description. So that's what you want to, uh, that's what you want to do. So uh, let's see here. So we've got um, some super chats here that, um, that I had overlooked. 
So first, Maggie, Super the substitute trash. teacher, says, new creator here. Thank you for all the info. My pleasure. I'm glad that you are enjoying the content. Thank you for the uh, Super Chat. And we've got um, Repair Gang says, it seems like if everybody gets the community tab, it feels like it's going to be spammed hard because first um, starting YouTubers don't understand. Um, no, I don't think it'll be spammed hard. What I think will happen is I think that people will, you know, just use it and they'll figure out, you know, the, the best ways to use it based on, you know, what people are, you know, how people are responding to it. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a bad thing at all. I think it's great because it gives people that opportunity to where they can interact with their communities. They can ask questions and things like that that so that they can learn how to better serve the, the the people that are watching their content. So I think long-term, I think it'll end up actually being a benefit. Sure, just like everything else, there will be people that will abuse it in some way, but if people are abusing it, then YouTube will just, you know, stop, you know, showing them um, to, you know, um, you know, they'll, they'll stop showing them to people if people, you know, report them or anything like that. Hey, really quick, um, Ryan Hall, y'all, says, do you have glasses that reflect less light? I do not. Um, so if you look at my glasses, if I point them in the right direction, then you know, I'll still get you know all the reflections in there. Um, like you can see some of the reflections coming in from my monitor too. But if you have glasses and you are trying to avoid you know the, the big glare, the trick to that is, and I'm not sure if you can see this here, um, let me change it to this one. Okay. So what you can see here, and I have a similar thing over here. It's just smaller, but what you can see here in this particular shot is this, this light that I have here. So typically people will put their lights, um, like in front of them at like a 45 degree angle, you know, on each side. Um, but in my case, what I do is I raise this one up and it's big. So, you know, the light that's coming off, you know, it's super diffused, super soft. Um, but it's it's big, so because of that, it's at about a 45 degree angle up and about a 45 degree angle over, and then that brings the light down to where the light is above my line of sight, right? So for anybody that wears glasses, this is a good tip for you. So you wanna make sure that you're putting your lights above your line of sight, and you wanna make sure that they're far enough away to where it can still give you the right light that you need in order to make everything look good, um, but the lights are just above your line of sight so you don't have to worry about those reflections coming in. So again, if I'm like, if I look up or something, I might end up, you know, getting, you know, some of those reflections. Um, but if you just put the light above your line of sight, um, then you should be okay. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got um, Abla Conmingo TV says, Buenos de, uh, uh, de bu Buenos Deos de Charlotte, North Carolina, man. Nick Nimmin. <laughs> um, I is the best thing smoking on Saturday mornings in the U.S. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you for the kind words and the uh, the the Spanish lesson there as I fumbled through that. <laughs> oh. So uh, let's see here. Final birds members. Two years. We got that. Got that. Got that. Okay. All good there. And I think we're good here as well. We are. Okay. So let's keep on trucking through these questions. So um, next up on our list here, Daniel Batal in the house. What's up, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Says um, says we need a translator. Absolutely. So we got Salty Pirate. I think we did Salty Pirate already. Yeah, we did. Okay, so uh, next up on our list here, we've got the Gaming Eevee. The Gaming Eevee says they have a gaming channel. The goal is to help people in games and to teach them. The question is, I'd like to know how other gaming channels in my genre go, grow more than me when I'm doing good content and everything. My subscribers say my channel is the best. Okay, so when it comes to 
um, other channels doing better than you and you uh, making better content than them. One thing that I do want to remind you of um, is that, you know, there are a lot of factors when it comes to growing a YouTube channel. One of those factors, um, of course, is the content. And as part of the content itself, um, a lot of content creators always assume that their content is better than everybody else that is putting out content. But in some cases, that's true. In other cases, they think that because they're biased to their own content. So one thing to think about when you're thinking about how awesome your content is, is, and I'm not saying that it's not awesome, I'm just saying one thing to think about, is that when you are putting your content together, when you're recording it, when you're editing your content, and when you get to that final moment to where you say, okay, this is good, I'm putting it up on YouTube, then all of the decisions that you've made from the choice of the topic of your video to how you put everything together, to your editing decisions, to everything about the content, it's all biased to what it is that you like. So by default, you're going to think that your content is good. So this is where your YouTube analytics really come into play. So what I encourage you to do is I encourage you to go into your audience retention reports for all of your videos and start looking to see how other people respond to your videos. So you mentioned here that your subscribers say that your channel is the best. So that's great. And those are the vocal few that, you know, will actually, you know, come in and say something because they enjoy your content more than other people do. That's why they're subscribed. That's why they're vocal. That's why they're, you know, even leaving comments in the first place. But what you actually want to look at is you want to look at how people are responding at scale and you want to look at what people are doing, not what people are saying. So the way that you do this is you go into your audience retention reports um, for the videos that you're publishing and you look at that graph and that graph is going to show you how other people are perceiving your content. You're going to see where people are leaving your videos. You're going to see where you have the most viewership. You're going to see the things that you're doing in your videos that keep people on your video. You're going to see the things that cause people to leave. You're going to see the things that cause people to rewind or that cause people to skip. And you want to pay attention to all of those things because they give you a true gauge of how people respond to your content at scale, all the people that aren't saying anything and the people that are saying things as well. <laughs> so you wanna make sure that you're using your stats to see the reflection of how people are responding to your content. Now, another part of that is if you choose the dropdown from absolute retention, which is that specific video and how people are responding second by second to that video on average, if you change the dropdown to um, relative audience retention, then you're going to see how people are responding to your video compared to other videos of similar length on YouTube. And then that's going to give you another gauge of how well people are perceiving your content and how good other people think your content are, or not necessarily how good they think it is, but the experience that they're having with it in terms of keeping you, keep you keeping them watching longer. So there's that side of things in terms of, you know, your competitors doing better than you. Um, and the other thing that you got to think about is in addition to the actual content itself, there's also a lot of other moving parts. So for example, your competitors could have audience retention reports that look very similar to yours. However, they could be really good at getting people to click off of the homepage compared to you. So therefore, they're getting a lot more people clicking on their content off of the homepage because they're packaging things up in terms of the topic, title, and thumbnail better than you are at this moment in time. 
So even if your audience retention reports were the same, if they're getting people to respond a lot better off of the homepage and maybe suggested videos than you are, then in that particular case, their videos are their channel in general is just gonna, you know, end up growing faster in terms of view counts. Um, now let's say that we stack onto that even more. And let's say that you both get people to the end of your videos. And let's say that you have a similar click through rate on all the different surfaces on YouTube. Let's say that you have a similar audience retention on YouTube. But let's say that when people get to the end of your videos, yours and your competitors, let's say you have your competitors are really good at getting people to click on that next video versus abandoning that video and just clicking something else that's being suggested to them, you know, next to that video. So what happens there is YouTube starts identifying, okay, well, when we show this to people on homepages, not only do people respond well to this on a homepage and then click on it, come in and watch the video similar to these other, you know, this other channel, but when they get to the end of the video, they enjoy the video so much that they're clicking on another video from the end screen and they're going deeper into this channel's content. And then they're watching that video for a considerable period of time. So what's happening in that case, I'm just saying if other everything else was equal, is that from the surface, it might seem like, hey, our audience retention is the same, but then our, even if your click-through rate's the same, what happens when they get to the end of the video is they're actually stacking on more watch time for that particular viewer from that originating video than you are. And that can help their videos do better. So there's just so many moving parts that you can't just look at it and say like, hey, my videos are better. I should be doing better um, because of all the other factors that are involved. And you're, you don't have the same click-through rate. You don't have the same audience retention. You don't have the same relative audience retention. You don't have the same in-screen click-through rates. You don't have the same people coming, you know, back to the channel on a regular basis. You're both not pushing into new audiences the same way and all that. So when it comes to competitors doing better than you, it all comes down to first identify it because that shows you the potential that you have. However, always focus on what it is that you're doing and focus on your data and your analytics behind your YouTube channel, your statistics behind your YouTube channel and trying to improve those based on the response that you see that you're currently getting. And if you do that and you focus on that as like your primary thing and you try to gamify that since you have a gaming channel, you apply all that gamer brain to your YouTube channel and you look at it like, hey, these are my stats for my YouTube channel, just like these are my stats for my game that I always try to, you know, keep pumping up same exact thing for your YouTube channel, then you will end up doing better and you might end up surpassing the competitors that are currently doing way better than you. Riverside Super Homestead trash. Life says Amazon links versus affiliate links paid ad enabled for both. So Amazon links versus affiliate links. So um, when it comes to Amazon, the win there, um, if you're an Amazon affiliate, is that if somebody goes to Amazon and they purchase something that is not the thing that you are recommending, you're still gonna get a cut. Whereas if you're sending them to a very specific website, like let's say you're sending them to Walmart instead, then they have to buy, then they have to buy the actual thing instead of you getting a cut of anything that they decide to purchase. So because of that, it really comes down on, you know, like your, you know, like how you're monetizing what it is that you're doing and where you think you get the best results, which you'll, you'll end up figuring out through testing. Um, in terms of ads enabled for both, um, in that case, I'm not really sure what your question is, um, where you have paid ads enabled for both. Um, if you mean like you're driving, you're using paid ads to drive attention to the video where you're selling something as an affiliate, 
then in that particular case, um, the people that you're putting those ads in front of, hopefully, are pretty far along in the buying process, um, and you're just kind of hopping in the middle of that purchase. If that's the case, then I would test both in your description. I would basically just run the paid ad to the same video, but then swap the links out, and then I would see which one converts for you better. And then if you find out that you know Amazon converts better overall in terms of you know your total gain, then in that case, I would keep the Amazon links. But if you find that your links to, and I'm just using Walmart as an example, if you find that those convert better for you and you get a higher cut there, then in that case, then I would just keep the links going to Walmart. But um, to figure that out though, I would do the paid ad driving to one video and then choose the swap the links out on that video based on you know the campaign the campaign that you're running for that moment in time and see which one converts better for you um let's see here so as we keep on going so really quick um this is an interesting question so i'm going to go ahead and answer it this one's in the um this one is actually coming from the chat instead of the form this is from true fade and true fade says nick i have a question while you're on the topic of gaming how would you make news topic framing change for retention rate increase? Um, should I even show the source of the news? So if you are doing gaming news and you are trying to get a higher retention for that, then what you need to do, and I have to do this too with the news that I'm doing, is you have to experiment with different things that you're doing in the production of it to see what it is that keeps people watching for a longer period of time. So for example, um, in my case, I found that when I currently, and I don't have enough you know, information on this yet because I've only done it a couple of times, but I found when I switch back and forth from just having me with the little image right here, um, when I do add the extra layer of me down into a corner where I go full screen on it, um, people seem to stick around a little bit longer for those compared to it just being the little image by itself um, changing back and forth. So when there's a little bit more going on, apparently, it seems that people will stick around a little bit longer so far, but I don't have enough you know, information to you know, fully confirm that yet. But for me, on my content with you know, the people with you guys that are interacting with my stuff, that's how you're responding to it. So on your case, you need to run those types of experiments as well so that you can use the data that YouTube gives you to start to uncover you know, what it is that you're doing that people respond to best. Great question though. So uh, next up on our list here, we got um, question number 28 is where we are at here. We got Artist Turn. Artist Turn says that um, they do really quick, says I've been experimenting as well. Um, I think I see the struggle of topics not being interesting, but I test the camera changing. Yeah, so when it comes to the topics being interesting, that's a whole other problem. So, so you can take a topic that isn't interesting and you can make it interesting through excitement, and through just the way that you share the information. So like if you come on and you're hyped about, you know, something, that energy is gonna gonna spread. So you can make something interesting. Like if you can, if you can get them to click on it, you can make the topic interesting. Um, but if you can't get them to click on it because you can't think of how to make an interesting title in terms of like, hey, here's the gamer news how can I frame this? Then in that case, I would start working on that side of things. If you're like, hey, I can, once people click, I, I can keep them watching. Then in that case, I would start thinking of how you're actually packaging up your news. So what I recommend that you do 
is hop into Google and start looking for different gaming news there and start seeing the, the, the topics that come up, all the different websites and how they're writing their headlines. And I would start using those as rough formulas for like, hey, I'm gonna swap this out for this based on what it is that I'm talking about and start seeing if you can get a better response that way. Do the same exact thing on YouTube, start looking for gaming news, start looking for all the top videos for that and start paying really close attention to how they're framing everything there so that you can start using that information to get people to, um, to, get people to click more. But just through, just through, you know, in terms of, you know, a boring topic, like just through excitement, like you can, you can do that. Like, for example, um, if you look at TV, they talk about everything, but they do it in ways that, that get people involved through the excitement or through the drama they attach to it. But like, for example, let's say, what's the guy, um, the finance guy, he's on one of the channels. I think his name's like Kramer, where he like walks all over the place and he's like yelling all the time and stuff like that. In his case, he just gets all fired up and he's entertaining to watch while sharing, you know, the information that he's sharing. And because of that, people, you know, tune in because of, you know, that fire that they that they get from him and his opinions on it and all of that. So in addition to that excitement, your opinions, um, now that I mentioned that, your opinions will also, you know, impact how people respond to the news as well, because some people will come in because they just want the information. Other people will come in because they want the information, plus they want to know your thoughts on it based on you being that person that's in tune with that information. Okay, so next up on our uh, list here, we've got um, Artist Turn. Artist Turn says that they do stream the game Animal Crossing. The goal of the channel is to provide positive and fun content. The, the question is, I live stream four times a week. It takes over eight hours for the chat replay to show up. Is there anything that I can do to speed up the chat replay? So no. So when you go live, just make sure that before you go live that you have the replay checked, um, that it will you know show up. That's in your settings for your live when you're getting everything prepped. But as long as you have that set, then YouTube will you know have it you know show up um, after the stream is complete. Really, as long as it's checked there, it should show up anyway. But if it's not showing up for some reason in your case for eight hours, then in that case it's happening on YouTube side. You know when they're processing everything, and that's completely out of your control but make sure that you do have it checked for the chat replay when you're pre preparing the live. So um, next up, we've got Irvine Mesa. Irvine Mesa says that they do web coding tutorials. The goal of the channel is to teach my audience all tutorials about web development. The question is, which is better? Um, which is better long video, which might be five hours long or longer? Can I split into different parts? Like each one hour long is, advis is it advisable? So absolutely, if you have a long, coding tutorial, if you can create it in a way to where you can sample out parts of that coding tutorial out of five hours worth of content, kind of like what I do here with three hours worth of content, there's a ton of content that you can make out of that. So if, if you have that and if you put in the effort or you hire somebody else to make the content or to you know kind of sample it out, um, you can make a ton of content um, out of that. So absolutely, you can you can clip it out into hour sessions, you can clip it out into 10 minute segments that highlight a specific thing. So when you're planning out your tutorial, then in that case, start thinking of it through the lens of, okay, I'm gonna be sampling out some of this content, so therefore I need to structure what I'm doing in this way so that I can make sure that I'm, that it's very, that I have these clear cut points so that I can isolate, you know, very specific parts of this, um, this content. Everyday Minimalist says, how many different camera angles are you running currently? Um, I have four that are running on autopilot. And then I have, let's see here. I think it's this one. 
that is also the um, um, that is also just kind of like a quick gear cam. Currently, I've also got a GoPro up here that I don't currently have hooked up, and I have a slot for five more, or four, five, four more cameras, three, three more cameras um, that I can plug into um, that I can plug into this device as well. But for this, just so you know, um, just in case you're curious. This is all happening automatically. Um, I use, and this is not sponsored in any way. I actually had to buy this, unfortunately. But um, but the the entire live stream visuals um, in terms of the different cameras are all being switched through this, and it all happens automatically. So basically, I just set up a what's called a macro, and when I set up that macro, I tell it go to this camera for this long, 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 and then I put it on loop. And then it just sits there and goes through that process the entire time that I'm uh, the entire time that I'm live streaming. As a heads up, if you decide to you know get a similar setup, um, they also have the option like with this one, and they have smaller ones too. Um, but with this one, um, they have the if you get the ISO versions, then you can um, like right now I can hit the record button, and then now this is recording all of these cameras all at the same exact time. So then what I can do is how we were talking about repurposing content before is if I sit here and make a YouTube video or a training video of some kind, then I can also have like a laptop plugged into this where I'm going through slides and all that and it's recording everything at a very high quality. Unfortunately, right now it's um, like 1080p. So eventually, you know, hopefully they'll get like a 4K version of this, but you can still scale all that stuff up. So it's not that big of a deal, but it's recording it like lossless, like just like it's coming through the cameras, which is, uh, which is fantastic. I'm going to keep that recording for a little bit. Um, T's Hot Mess History. Hope that you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Congratulations again on your 100,000 subscribers. So glad that you, so glad that you hit that. <laughs> so Everyday Cooking um, Dad is our next channel here. They do cooking content. The goal of the channel is to show what I'm cooking and make a little money. Question, how do you know who your target audience is and how do you target them? So you know who your target audience is based on the goals that you have and based on the content that you're wanting to make. And then based on those, you think about, okay, well, if I'm wanting to make this type of content, then who is it that would enjoy this type of content? And then once you start thinking of who it is that you would, that would enjoy that type of content, then you start hopping on like Reddit and Facebook and anywhere else on the internet that you can, and you try to find communities based around those types of people. So in your case, you would start with people that like watching cooking content, but then you have to start breaking it down from there and you have to start thinking, okay, if somebody's watching cooking content, what type of viewer is watching what type of cooking content? So for example, a different type of person is gonna be watching recipe videos than the type of person that's gonna be watching um, videos on you just sitting there talking about your love for food and the different ingredients that you like to use and you know your philosophies on food and like that type of thing, right? It's gonna be two different types of people. One person's gonna want quick recipes so they can just make something awesome for their family at the end of the day. And then another person's going to want a deep dive on you know all the different options that they have and be introduced to all these new dishes and all these different things, you know, based on that. So what you would do, the very first thing is you would go hop on like cooking subreddits and cooking Facebook groups. And you would start trying to figure out out of all these people that are hanging out here, 
which type of um, or which of these um, groups, like what type of content are they consuming? And you can start asking these things in those groups. You can hop on subreddit. You can see the things that they're sharing there. You can see the things that they're talking about there. You can see the things that they're talking about with other content creators there and things of, you know, in terms of the things that they like that content creators do or things that they don't. Um, you can start looking at the things that they purchase there. You can start looking at the questions that they ask there. And you can start using those outlets to just get a better understanding of the people that you're making content for so that when you're putting your time titles together and your thumbnails together and thinking of the topics that you're going to make videos about that you can make sure that you're doing all of that for the type of viewer that you're trying to reach. So again, if you are making cooking content, you can say, Hey, I'm just making cooking videos. Anybody that likes to cook, I'm in, right? That's a very general way to do it. Or you can say, I'm making cooking videos for a busy professional that still wants to enjoy a good meal, but they just don't have the time at the end of their busy workday to put together a nice hot meal for themselves or for the people around them. So because of that, I'm going to create a YouTube channel that's filled with content that will help that professional be able to make make um, like low calorie fit meals or Cato meals or whatever, make low calorie meals um, to feed their family in a hurry. Um, and that's gonna be the entire basis of my YouTube channel. Then when you understand that, then what you can do is you can say, okay, that's who I'm targeting. I'm targeting that busy professional. So that means every video that I put out on my YouTube channel needs to be a meal that somebody would be able to make in a hurry after work that maybe they don't even have time to stop by the grocery store. So they have to do this with like stuff that they have available at home. And then when you start understanding your audience in that way, and you start understanding who it is that you're targeting in that way, then you really fine tune things to where everything that you put out resonates with those people. So hopefully that makes sense. Next up on our list here, we've got um, Short Format. Short Format does gaming content. The goal of the channel is to stream games, showcase all games, have fun, and build a community. Question is, I currently stream once a week for two hours, post shorts two times a day. I'm experiencing growth slowly but surely. I'm excited about it. The shorts bring subscribers, and my last stream had the most people there, so that's a win. But I'm curious if you have a best practice for a more effective growth strategy. So if you currently stream once a week for two hours and then you post shorts two times a day, um, since you are doing gaming content, one thing that I would think about is also introducing just like a long form piece of content. And by long form, I don't mean like a um, like an hour long video. I mean something that will help the gaming community, like whatever games that you're playing. Like if you're doing shorts showing like highlights and things like that, that's one thing that gets you in on the entertainment side. But then you can also make some help content in terms of helping people solve problems with the game that will add very clear value, right? As people are interacting with the content in terms of, how do I get through this? Or what are the new things that are now available in this particular game update or whatever the thing is um, to where you are adding just a different type of value through that content so that you have content going out that is helping people solve problems that you can use to grow there. You have the shorts going out for entertainment content that's pushing you in front of more new audiences that are causing people to subscribe there. You have the live streams where you're connecting with your community and you're bringing people back to your channel through that so that you get to, you know, get to know them a little bit better through the nuances of, or they get to know you a little bit better and you get to know them a little bit better as well, but they get to know you better through the live stream and your direct interaction with them. So the idea is you have content going out that helps people solve problems. You have content going out that's entertaining people and you have content that comes that you're putting out that helps you nurture your community. Um, with those two hour long live streams, I'm not sure what your channel is doing right now, but another thing you might wanna consider is actually taking, since you do all you do once per week for two hours, 
Um, one thing you might want to also consider is instead of streaming um, once per week for two hours is trying to find something that is, and this is where I was thinking videos earlier with the help content, um, and you could use this for that also, but basically find a, a piece of regular, uh, by regular, I mean not a short content that you could put out um, that is more short form where it's a lesser commitment for a new viewer to come in and, and interact with your content. So you have like an hour long live stream for the people that are already familiar with your content and know you put out, you know, fire when you when you publish. And then you have the shorts going out that are pushing into new audiences. And then you have that shorter form um, content, but it's still long content like a VOD, a video on demand, um, that is, let's say five to 10 minutes long. That's a much less of a commitment for somebody to come in and just, you know, experience you and get to know you through that content. So, um, so I would consider those types of things. Um, Riverside Homestead Life says my prepping videos seem, thank you for the super chat, says my prepping videos seem to have algorithm push behind them. Um, those with specific tags Then I make a related how to, should I use the same tags or specific tags as specific tags don't seem to get pushed? Here's something that you have to let go of. Um, you gotta let go of the importance of tags. Your tags are not what is causing that. It's how people are responding to your video content. Um, I'm gonna say that again. Anybody here that is focusing your efforts on YouTube tags, right? On, on the tags that you're putting for your videos. Um, just go ahead and get rid of that thought in your brain. Instead, focus on your titles, focus on your thumbnails, focus on your topics, and focus on getting people to enjoy your content. Those are the things that make YouTube show your content to more people. The tags that you're using in your videos do not make YouTube show your content to more people. In fact, if your video shows up on a homepage somewhere, nobody even sees what those tags are, right? So YouTube is smart enough now to where they actually watch their system, watches your videos. They are reading, you know, they create the auto captions. So their system is identifying the words that you're saying in your video. Plus of course your title, if you put like a keyword or something in there, that's a good practice. So keep doing that. Um, to help give the system context and to also help viewers of YouTube understand, you know, that this video is about something they care about. So in your case, you're doing homestead life um, is your channel name. So because of that, using homesteading or other language that will cause your viewers to identify that your content is something that they care about. Um, that's the stuff that you want to leverage. Tags, um, use them, just use them quickly because that box is there until YouTube takes it away. But you can use a tool like TubeBuddy, for example. You can even do this in their free version um, to where you can just go and just, they, they're going to recommend tags for you. And all you have to do is say, is this relevant to my video? Yes or no? Yes, it is. I'm adding that one, that one, that one, and that one. I'm done. So you don't spend time on it. Um, but the things that you spend time on are, okay, I'm making homesteading content the, for the homesteaders that I'm trying to reach, like what can I make that they're gonna care about the most, right? So you start that at the topic. From there, okay, this is the topic of this. What am I gonna make for a thumbnail that's gonna help them identify, if I make this video, what can I do with a thumbnail that's gonna help them identify this is something that they care about? And if possible, can I make this compelling in some way to where they might also click on it just because of the thumbnail? Then, with my title. What is it that I'm saying in my title? Do I have a keyword in there? Yes or no, based on what it is that I'm doing with my thumbnail to help them identify it. And if you do, then where is it that I have that keyword? Um, you wanna make sure that you put that as close to the front of the title as possible, or at least within your first like 50 to 60 characters. 52 technically, but in a lot of surfaces on YouTube, now they're pushing out to like 60 characters, but to give yourself the highest advantage, make sure that you do put that keyword or keyword phrase within the first 52 characters of your title. And then, of course, focus all your efforts as possible on actually, you know, getting them to enjoy the content itself. So 
again, just to kind of reiterate that, instead of thinking that the tags are the thing that's making the difference, everything on YouTube is based on the response of the content. So if people respond well to the content, YouTube is going to show you the content to more people like them. If people don't respond well to the content, then then YouTube is going to not show it to more people. So because of that, you have to focus all of your efforts on the actual viewer experience. One thing that YouTube says is instead of focusing on what the algorithm wants, focus on what the audience likes instead. And if you make content that your audience likes, the algorithm will follow. Okay, I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but that's the idea. So the algorithm follows the audience, right? It's not the other way around. So if people enjoy your content, YouTube's gonna show it to more people. If they don't, then YouTube won't show it to more people, or at least not as many people. So because of that, instead of tags, focus all of your efforts on the things that actually matter, which is how do I help the people I'm trying to reach identify this is something that that they care about. Once they do identify it and they click on it, then how can I create the best possible experience for them? Focus on those things more than anything else. Um, Okay, so next up on our list here, we've got um, my uh, McCrice's Art. McCrice's Art says that they have an art tutorial and time-lapse drawing channel. The goal of the channel is sharing my digital painting knowledge. And hey, if you like that tip, go ahead and drop a thumbs up real quick. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So um, the goal of the channel is sharing my digital painting knowledge and monetizing my channel. Um, The question is, my channel is a digital painting channel. I mostly post shorts, a very small channel. Is um, Is it digital artists needs to be very skillful to create a speed paint video because my tutorial shorts have more views than digital painting shorts? Speed painting and digital painting. Okay, so if you're doing speed painting, then I'm guessing you're doing like actual paint. Um, versus somebody that's doing digital painting if they're doing it on like an iPad or something like that, um, if I'm understanding that correctly. So in that case, if yours are doing well, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I'll know yours is a digital painting channel, but you're saying that you need to be more skilled to create a speed paint video and that your tutorial shorts have more views than your digital painting shorts. Okay. Yeah, I'm not fully understanding the question here. So I'm, I'm like... I'm gonna try to unpack this the best way that I can, Um, but if you find on your channel that people respond better to one type of content, the general rule of thumb is that you want to make sure that you're putting out a decent amount of that type of content. So if you find that people are responding better to your um, speed paint videos, then in that case, put out more speed paint videos um, as long as it's, you know, the content that you want to make and as long as that, you know, is, is you know, helping you build the audience that you want. Um, and if they're responding better to the digital painting content, then in that case, you know, give them that content. Um, if you're doing just art in general, actually, no, you're doing art tutorials and time lapses. So another thing to think about there is how we were talking about the audience earlier and how I was talking about, you know, defining who it is that you're making content for and the and the type of videos that they would want to watch and how I was giving the example of like that busy, you know, that busy professional that doesn't have a lot of time to make food when they get home because they've been working all day and and understanding that person and making your cooking videos for them. The same exact thing would apply to you. So what you would want to think about is you would want to think about okay, um, am I making content to teach people how to do art? Or 
am I making speed paint videos for people that enjoy watching speed paintings? And if you're doing speed painting content, then in that case, I'd really be leveraging shorts heavy. And I would be, you know, making content for the people that like to enjoy, you know, watching that, which would be a pretty general audience, I'm guessing. Um, but if you're doing tutorial content, that's a totally different thing. Because there, you're actually teaching people something and you're showing them how to do something. So because of that, you know, the, the way that you're going to need to do that is going to be different. And the people that are going to be watching that are going to be a different group of people than the people people that are watching the speed painting. So because of that, one thing that I would consider is that if you are doing your YouTube shorts and you are putting out speed paintings there and people are responding to those, those people might not even care about learning how to paint themselves because they would be watching that for the entertainment value. Um, whereas the tutorial people, they're wanting to learn how to do that. So what you're actually doing um, is you might be reaching two totally separate audiences with that same channel. So one thing that I would consider, because you know more about what you're trying to accomplish with your channel and who it is that you're trying to reach than I do. But one thing that I would consider based on the information that I have is I would consider that if you're doing your time lapses, that I would have a shorts channel for that. And then for your tutorial content, I would have a longer form channel for that. That's what I would do um, in that case, as long as I'm understanding what you're saying here correctly. Super Hot Mess History says, how is using the newer research tab in analytics working for you? I'm trying it um, one more time with my next video, but I find that my viewers respond better to topics that I come up with on my own. Yeah, in that case, keep doing the topics that, that they respond to on your own. So I think that the research tab is pretty cool just for like looking for content gaps. Um, but some of those content gaps are also kind of weird. So like, for example, it might be like a word change or something like that. But if you actually search for it, it's only showing, you know, the actual way that people actually look for it versus, you know, that little word change. So, um, so I find that there are some weird things about it like that. But if you're somebody like in your case, like, you know what you're doing already, you got a play button. So you, you, the training wheels are off, so to speak. So you probably don't need that as much because you already understand your audience and what it is they want from you. For somebody that's getting started though, the research tab is great because that can help them uncover like a, what is it that my audience is actually looking for? What is it that they're actually interested in? So that they can make sure that they're making that content for them. Um, in your case though, I would lean on your experience and your knowledge that you already have and just use that research tab with a grain of salt to try to uncover just some things that you might not be thinking about. Um, but even if you uncover those things that you might not be thinking about, still try to frame them, even though it might be a topic that they care about, still try to frame it in a way based on your experience that you know your audience would respond to instead of just taking it verbatim from there and just you know using it as a title um, as an example next up we've got um dash the town dfw says they do real estate and lifestyle content the goal of the channel is to get clients for real estate the question is i'm looking to launch my channel just over a year ago i started it i have six videos and then posted nothing for over a year should i start a brand new channel or does the time not affect my analytics and current performance yeah i would just go ahead and keep going on the same channel as long as the new channel or sorry, just as long as the old content that's on the channel is also real estate and lifestyle content. And one thing that I would also make sure that you are clear about as well, because, you know, real estate content and lifestyle content might be for two different audiences, depending on what exactly it is that you're doing with the lifestyle and the real estate content. 
So one thing that I would also make sure that you are getting clear about, since you are using this to get clients for your uh, you know, real estate business, is I would also get really clear on exactly what it is that you're offering and the value that you're bringing, because lifestyle content may or may not be the right type of content to get in front of people that are gonna hire you for your real estate business. So because of that, I would just make sure that you're just double checking that um, you know, mentally, that you're planning that out and that you're thinking about, okay, like who is it that I'm actually trying to reach here? And keep in mind, that doesn't mean that you have to do house tours. Like technically you could be like one, one thing that I think um, is, is a great approach for real estate agents is doing like a, you know, person about town type of thing to where you become a resource for the entire community that also sells real estate. So then that way you get people to know, like, and trust you through the resource that you become for the community, letting people know what's happening, you know, this weekend in your town, letting people know the news that's happening, letting people know, you know, everything that's going on in your town, like you're that person um, that also happens to sell real estate. So you get to know, like, and or so they get to know, like, and trust you through that content. And then when it comes time for them to, you know, uh, you know, hire a real estate agent, then, you know, you're always at top of mind because they're coming in and checking in on your channel every single week. So then you let them know, Hey, you know, this is the, you know, what's going on in our town show, you know, brought to you by dash the town DFW, um, you know, your local, you know, Remax agents. Um, and you have a little lower third, you know, with like your name on there with, uh, you know, your website to your, you know, real estate company or whatever. Um, you know, I would consider doing like that type of stuff too. But, um, but when it comes to real estate and lifestyle, um, I would just make sure that you're just being really clear on who it is that you're trying to, um, to reach with that, because it sounds like that might be two different audiences that you're going for there. All right, next up on our list here, we've got um, Sahil Raj Vaish. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I apologize um, if, I, if I am not. Um, they have a tech channel. The goal of the channel is to reach out to as many people as I can. The question is, how can I gain confidence in making long videos? I wanna make a long video today, but I fumbled and got stuck. I ended up making a short. I'm really disappointed in myself. So first, I wanna let you know that what you're feeling right now is, is extremely normal. So content creators, when they first get started, um, and even those of us with tons of experience, like I've made a ton of videos, like I've got public on my channel over 500 videos. Um, plus I've made like a lot more through collaborations, making them for, you know, clients in the past, stuff like that. Like I've made a ton of content and there's times where I sit down and I'll be making a video and I'll be like, ah, oh, that's just stupid. I can't believe I even said that. Right. So when you are having these types of things pop up, just keep in mind, like, don't be disappointed in yourself. Actually be like encouraged by yourself because what you're doing is you're actually setting a standard of some kind, right? You're setting a standard by saying that like, okay, this video that I'm working on right now, it's just not the way that I want it to go. Therefore, right now I'm gonna focus on this short because I know that I can make that and I know I can get that to you know how I want it to be. But with that said, you don't want to let that perfection stand in the way of you doing the thing because the only way that you're going to do the thing is by actually doing the thing and pushing yourself through. So the way that you do that is to first understand that as a content creator, you're going to fumble. You're going to be making a video. It's going to not come out the way that you want. You're gonna say things wrong. You're gonna format things the wrong way. It's all part of the process and you'll get better and you'll get more efficient at it over time. Um, I have a video on my YouTube channel that I encourage you to watch. That particular video, um, it's a raw, uncut video. And the entire thing is me going through my recording process. And I've got a lot of experience, like I said. And what I want you to do, if you can, is I want you to go and I want you to watch that video. I think it's called like how I record my videos so that you know that what you're doing is normal or something like that. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. But what I want you to do is I want you to go and I want you to watch that video 
and I, so that you can see the process, right? Because in that video, you see that even with my experience after making tons and tons of videos, you can see that I still have to say the same thing a bunch of times that I'll start walking down one path in terms of, you know, I'm making the video and I'm saying this, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta say that again because I said it wrong. And then I'll have my notes that I'm looking at. And with those notes, I'll be like, okay, I say this and then I'll mess it up. And then I have to like repeat it and say it again. All of that is normal. It's all part of the it's all part of the process. I encourage you to watch that video just so that you can see that what you're experiencing is normal. And don't beat yourself up about it. Just acknowledge that hey, this is part of the process. I'm learning how to do this and as part of me learning how to do this, I'm going to fumble and even when I know what I'm doing, I'm still going to fumble either a lot or from time to time, but I'm okay with that because in order to break through and in order to get better at what it is that you're doing, you have to go through the fumbles in order to get better at what it is that you're doing. That's that's how you get better. So, you know, embrace those moments. And instead of just giving up and throwing in the towel, say, okay, this is a standard that I'm setting for myself and that's cool, but I have to make sure that that standard isn't so high that it keeps me from doing the thing. But I do need to make sure that I at least see it through so that I can practice doing the thing so that I can learn how to get better at it. Okay. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, really quick, Tommy T's Extreme Roller Coaster. Thank you for the super chat. It says, hey, Nick, last weekend, my channel views went through the roof, almost doubled my normal views for a weekend. Can you think why this happened? Um, it does this usually three to four times a year randomly. So first, um, I would look and I would actually, if it does it three four, to four times a year randomly, then I would, I would go over to, to YouTube trends or sorry, Google trends. And I would actually start typing in things around like the roller coaster space and start seeing if you notice um, there's any type of spikes in activity in amusement parks or anything like that. You're going to have to get creative on what you're looking for there. But I would look for you know, like different theme parks, different roller coasters, you know, just roller coasters in general, those types of things. Um, um, and in your case, I think you're doing like game type roller coaster stuff. So then in that case, you know, start looking for any releases that happen like clockwork around the games, anything like that, that might cause a, a more of an influx of people looking around for that type of content. Um, but if you are noticing a seasonality for that, that's a win because when those types of things happening or happen and you notice that they're happening three to four times a year, if you can start identifying that pattern, then you can start preparing for those things to happen as well. So one thing that I recommend that you do is go into your YouTube analytics, look at your channel at a lifetime view and look to see if that has historically been the case year after year, because I know you've been making content for a while. Look to see if um, if that is historically happening at the same times every year. And if it is, then I would, I would hop on Google Trends. I would start looking around at like news articles, trying to figure out like, okay, what's going on at these times of year that's causing people to, you know, to, to find my content more than they typically do. Super Express chat. Sensei says, hey, Nick, please say good morning, Chantel Hills from Express Sensei. Uh, keep creating everyone. That's all, Nick. Thanks, man. So I just said it, but I'll say it again. Good morning, Chantel Hills from Express Sensei. <laughs> uh, that's my little puppet, right? You got, my, got that hand in my back right there, right? <laughs> so Mario 2000 is our, uh, is our next uh, question. And uh, hey, Shorts Inc., thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. 
So Mario 2000 is our next question. They do gaming uh, channel where they give knowledge um, about news, discussions, and reviews, etc. about games. The goal of the channel is sharing my knowledge and opinions about the gaming industry. And the question is, what can I do to grow my gaming channel if I talk about various topics related to gaming, but give this information in discussions, reviews, etc.? So if you're trying to grow your gaming channel around those particular topics um, and around those particular things, then just keep doing it. Like if you're targeting, you know, people that are interested in games, then just make sure that you are thinking about, okay, if somebody's interested in games, what type of content, um, you know, can I give to them? If they're interested in staying on top of games, and of course the news is good. If they wanna know what games they should and shouldn't play, then the reviews are gonna be good for that. Uh, if I'm gonna do live stream discussions, then there you're just hopping on and you're just sharing your love for the different games and getting feedback with, you know, your the people that are interacting with your, you know, content and all of that um, so that you're kind of you know nurturing that community side of things all of that is a win so as long as you're you know interacting with people that you know that care about you know games and 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 what's going on in the gaming world then you're doing the right thing already um let's see here next up we've got the web, the weeb dev, I think is, is what this is. Um, they do bi-weekly content. The type of channel is 3D dance animations. The goal of the channel is to make a community with the same interests as me. And the question is, can you give tips for a catchy title? I'm making videos for a specific song, so I'm having a hard time making a title that goes beyond the title of the song. So if you are doing like a remake of a song, then in that case, um, well, no, you're not doing a remake. So I guess your animations are dancing to a particular song. Yeah, that's a tough one. So in that case, you would need to have the song in there because that would be a part of it. But then you'd have to try to think of something compelling for the actual dancing animation. So with your 3D dancing animations, I'm not sure if they're just like really broken down in terms of like a really basic animation. I'm not sure if they're like, if you're using like famous characters to do the thing, if you're like remixing cartoons to like dance to them or remixing other animations to dance to them, I'm not sure exactly what it is that you're doing. Um, but basically when it comes to writing a compelling title, it's essentially just adding something interesting to your title that would make somebody think like, oh, I, I would wanna see that. So if you have the song title itself, then in the front of it, you you might want to do like, you know, whatever the thing is, um, dances to this particular song or outrageous dance to this particular song or, you know, unexpected character dances to this particular song, you know, something along those lines um, to try to just find some type of compelling element to add to it. But that's a, that's a challenge for that one. I would definitely need time to workshop that one. It's, that one's a little bit hard for me to do on the fly. Um, Everyday EDC Super says, what's up? I have a lot of comments um, have come in on a video. I know comments show interaction. Does my response to them also count? So when it comes to your comments, um, your comments are great for your community and you should respond to your comments so that people know that when they leave a comment that they do get, you know, they that you are seeing them. However, um, comments do not impact your overall video performance. So um, a comment is, it is interaction, so it is a positive thing, but YouTube isn't going to, you know, make your video go viral, so to speak, just because people are commenting on it, but it is, you know, a it is a moment of engagement. So it is a win, um, but it's not something that, you know, that you need to like, you know, worry about, um, so to speak. The KMH family Super says for brand wants us to put their name in the title. We put it at the end, which truncates the name we charge extra, but do you think this negatively affects the title video in search or any other way? So, yeah. So when it comes to working with a company, um, just, just a tip for you, never let anybody dictate what you put in your titles. You 
are the person that knows your audience better than they do. Um, you are the person that they are hiring to spread awareness about what it is that they are doing. So let them leverage your experience instead of them dictating what it is that you do. So when it comes to video topics, that one's a little bit more flexible. So it's like, hey, what type of topic can we make this video about that's going to, you know, put a, you know, that's going to showcase your brand or bring attention to your brand, but it's also going to be a good fit for my viewers. Um, so, you know, workshopping that with them is fine, but them dictating what you say in your title, do not let them do that. Um, and I know you said that you charge extra for it, which is fine, um, but I still wouldn't do it. And the reason for that, again, is because you're trying to, 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 to force something in there that really shouldn't be in there. Um, and in your case, like if they want the name and the title, if it is something to where it's a good fit for just a normal title, like for example, like if I make a video about Camtasia, then in that case, if I make a video about Camtasia, I'm like, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, how to do whatever in Camtasia or how to make videos without showing your face using Camtasia or something like that. Then in that case, you know, it would be spreading the awareness about it. But in that case, I might be more so targeting people that are already looking for how to do that with Camtasia, which would make sense to have them in the title. But if I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to spread awareness about Camtasia, then in that case, I wouldn't necessarily want to put Camtasia in the title because then people have to already be familiar with Camtasia in order to know what it even is in the first place to care about the video. So if they don't know what that is and, and I'm trying to get recommendation traffic for it, then in that case, it could be working against me because it would be uh, something that would cause confusion versus something that would be compelling. So because of that, when it comes to adding a brand's name to your title, if it's something that fits because you're trying to search target that video, you're trying to resonate with people that are already familiar with the brand, it's fine. But if you're trying to spread awareness about the brand, which is likely what you're trying to do because that's what they're hiring you for to you know get that awareness out there, then in that case, you need to have full control of who it is or of what it is that you say in your title. And I wouldn't even sell the title as an extra thing. So there's other things that you can do. Like for example, if you do long-term um, relationships with your sponsors, there's other fun things that you can do um, that will spread that additional awareness if they wanna charge extra for it that won't impact your video performance. So for example, if you are working with somebody on a regular basis, I wouldn't do this just for like one sponsored video, but if you're working with somebody on a regular basis, let's say they're doing like an extended series with you over the next like three to six months, then during the duration of your contract, you can have a little section of your channel art where you also put that company's logos. Um, you can also do something fun like I do with my, um, and I actually just started doing this recently, to where if you go to my YouTube channel page, I have a section in my YouTube channel page to where I highlight the YouTube channels of the companies that I work with for long-term relationships. So for that, um, and I don't charge extra for that. I could, but I don't. Um, but with that, you know, I've got, you know, StreamYard there. I've got TubeSpanner there. I've got TubeBuddy there. I've got Uscreen there. I've got Camtasia there. And I've got, you know, the companies there. And that's just my way of adding just a little bit of extra value to that relationship because with all of those companies, we've been working together for a really long time. So years for every one of them. So because of that, it's, you know, it's just my way of adding additional value there. But that is something that you can 
can charge for. Same exact thing goes with longer form contracts um, or longer term contracts. You can also charge for description links in your videos as well. Um, again, that's not something that I charge for because that's just a solid that I do as part of the thing. Like, hey, we're working together for this long period of time. The least I can do is just add, you know, an extra link to my description for it. Not a big deal. <clears throat> but that is something that companies will pay for to where even if a video is not related to us, we have this little blurb down in the video description um, to where you can, you know, um, you know, spread that additional awareness. What I'm getting at is there's a lot of other ways to do that instead of putting it in your title. So if it would fit into your title based on the topic of your video and based on who it is that you're targeting with that content and what you're trying to get that content to do in terms of somebody that's already familiar with the brand, that's fine. But again, if it's something to where, you know, to where you're adding it to the title, but somebody has to know what that brand is, then in that case, it could be working against you because that could be adding confusion to your title. And it could be messing up your readability of your title and all of that stuff because you're having to shoehorn it in there. So I would avoid that. Um, if, if you can, I would, I, would, I would definitely avoid that. And I got kind of ranty on that one because that's, that's one thing that it, it really, it bothers me when, when companies come in and they try to, you know, and they try to do that kind of stuff, um, just because it's like, okay, well, if you're, if you're so smart about, you know, what I should put in my titles, then maybe you should be the one making YouTube videos and you should be the one writing titles for your own videos. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, that kind of thing, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way when, when, you know, companies try to do, you know, that kind of stuff. And especially like if it's a content creator, that's like just starting to work with brands and stuff. And they see that, um, I find that kind of predatory in a way, um, as well. But the fact that you're, that you're leveling it up a bit and that you're, you know, at least charging them for it, you know, extra, that's a win. Like you're doing the right thing there. Um, but I would, you know, personally, I would, I would avoid, um, I would avoid that. Like what you're doing is, is worth a lot, um, in terms of, you know, like when you publish a video, people, you know, like people are going to be able to watch that video on YouTube until YouTube takes that video down or the platform shuts down or something, you know, something weird happens or you shut your channel down. Like it's gonna be on YouTube indefinitely. It's gonna be on the internet indefinitely because sometimes like there's entire websites that scrape YouTube and your videos will be there on those too. So like when they're forcing you to put your, your, the brand name in your title, that's such a short-sighted thing on the side of the brand that yeah, it, it's yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's short sighted, and it can also you know negatively impact the performance of the video because you're having to shoehorn that thing in there instead of just writing a compelling title for your audience. Yeah, like there, there's just a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of you know bad with that. So I hope that I hope the rant was okay, but uh, I just wanted to kind of you know express some of the different options that you have there um and just let you know that uh you know that what you're doing is worth something and always remember that everybody here that makes videos what you're doing it takes time it takes effort and every video that you publish that underperforms is work that you could have put in or something that you could have done differently to help that video perform better that you might not have done because of that relationship. So because of that, just make sure that you are controlling what you're doing in your thumbnails, what you're doing in your titles, and what you're doing with the top part of your description. So it's normal for companies to say, hey, we want our link above the fold, that's normal. But in terms of we want our link on the very top line, I wouldn't even do that, right? That link in the top line, that area in the top line, like that's, that's yours, those top two lines are yours, squeeze that link in, right before right before it gets cut off there for the Seymour. So then that way they get it in there. 
All right, so next up on our list, let me get off of my soapbox there and answer another question. So next question here, we've got um, genealogy with Amy Johnson Crow. What's up, Amy? Hope you're doing awesome. I can see you got your at right there too. You got your handle secured, love it. So um, the type of channel is family history. The goal of the channel is to spread the joy of family history and grow my business. And the question is, is it possible to have live captioning with the YouTube live currently using StreamYard for streaming? Um, so yes, they do have live captions. Um, you should be seeing it in this stream. Um, so if you click on the captioning option, you should be you should see it happening uh, right here. But yes, it is absolutely uh, it's absolutely possible to do that. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got uh, your Empress Energy. Your Empress Energy does tarot readings. Um, the goal of the channel is to uplift and guide through a tarot readings and shared experience. Hey, really quick, um, I forgot something here. So I have my tablet open so I could see it happening over there, but I need you guys to um, answer something for me. So, um, so I'm supposed to have, and I don't know if I have it currently or not, but um, I've applied to get the um an option to where you can have like live reactions here during the live stream so do you see anything on your screen for those of you that are watching it on a mobile device do you see anything on your screen to do like a live reaction i see like the super chat down there that's not the thing um and i don't see anything here on my end but i'm in asia it says no captions available for this video. Okay, okay. So then maybe I have to um, maybe I have to change that here on the back end. The captions aren't available for this stream. The the CC button is disabled here. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, they used to show up. Okay. So no, just a super chat button here. So yeah. So anybody that's in the in the US, um, so you don't see any of the live reaction stuff on there. Okay. Yeah. So it might not be enabled yet. I know. I know that it pops up on some of my video content right now, um, but it. But it's not popping up in the um, in the live yet. So okay. Super chat. And you can create a clip though. Express Sensei, thank you for the um, super sticker there. Okay. So no in the U.S. So it's, so I don't have it yet. Okay. So yeah. So hopefully by next stream it should be there. I know they had to submit it by like last Friday, I think yesterday. So um, so I didn't know if it would be implemented already um, or not. Express super Sensei, chat. thank you for the super sticker there as well. So uh, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got Snowbee Gaming. Snowbee Gaming, um, they do survival gaming guides. A lot of gamers in here um, today. So the goal of the channel is guides for various survival games to help um, players with those games. The question is, can content creators upload the same videos to multiple platforms? For example, can I upload the same video to TikTok or Odyssey in YouTube? So if a video meets a technical standard for the platform, it'd be okay to also upload a video I may have previously uploaded to YouTube or vice versa. Um, there are legal issues about one platform owning the content once it's published on that platform. So you own the content. So when you publish the content, it is, or when you make the content, it is your content. So you can, oh, they are here. No, 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 not those. Um, yeah, not those. It's a, um, it's basically like a little thing where people click it and it just sends like emojis on the screen and stuff like that um, for them. But um, the, the, when you publish or when you make a piece of content, you have the right to publish that content on any of the platforms that you want to. Um, so the platforms, they do typically have rules in there to where, you know, they do, you do give them a license to use it, you know, and all that stuff. But um, in terms of you being, the you being able to upload it to multiple platforms, you absolutely can. Next up, we've got the gaming Eve, the, the, the gaming. Oh, you know, we've answered some questions from them already. So we're going to skip that. 
Um, so we've got AO Vivid. AO Vivid, they do gaming content as well. The goal of the channel is to become monetized and obtain an engaged community. The question is, how would you go about introducing new forms of content to your channel, different games, for example? So um, I talked about this one earlier in the stream, but the idea is once you get the community feed, if you don't have it yet, just start polling your audience on other games that they like. Um, start at a categorical level in terms of, you know, like first person shooters, racing games, flight games, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and then once you start getting that information, then start going deeper and start figuring out the very specific games that your audience typically enjoys the most, other channels that they watch, things like that. Asking those questions will help you um, uncover other games that your audience is also into, or at least, you know, the, the audience that's most engaged in terms of the people that are willing to comment, the people that are willing to answer polls and stuff like that. All right, so what we're gonna do right now is we are going to go into a lightning round. I need a I need a voiceover for that. I, I need a lightning round button over here. So yeah, so we're gonna go into the lightning round. And what the lightning round is for those of you that are um, that are uh, you know that are hanging out here is the lightning round is where I pull questions directly out of the chat and I try to answer them in as a fast of a way as possible. So instead of it being a long-winded answer, um, it is just a very, you know, I, I just try to get through them as quick as I possibly can and answer questions, you know, for you rapidly here, just to help people that, you know, maybe you showed up late in the stream, you didn't get a chance to get your question in the forum or anything like that. Um, so this gives me the opportunity to, you know, just answer some questions quickly for those of you that might have, you know, just joined. Um, so Doug, Houston, he posted a thing and I just put it up on the screen where he put lightning round on here. So for this lightning round, um, all the questions that come in underneath that are going to be the ones that get answered first. And really quick before I do that, um, Express Sensei says the engagement emojis are like the 100 heart and the thumbs up um, that you see available in his videos, comments and other platforms. Yes, those are exactly the ones that I was looking for. So what you got to do here is you put a cue in front of your question that helps me identify that your question is for me and not a side conversation happening in the chat. The very first one is from crazykid949. Says, I can't find the handle to secure it for myself. Where is it at? So if you go to youtube.com slash handle, you'll see your eligibility. So if you don't currently see it to where it says that you have the option, then in that case, hold on because um, they're gonna be rolling it out You know, over the next, I think there's like about 20 days left or so, maybe a little bit more, um, but they're not, it's not fully rolled out yet so they're just starting with already you know established channels things like that and then they're just kind of you know rolling it out you know across the platform as they cross through these different tiers and whatnot or different qualifications so if you don't have it yet you will you will have it so just keep checking youtube.com slash handle when you're logged into your youtube account and um here sometime within the next like 20 or so days it should pop up in there Pure Adrenaline Sports says, does the YouTube logo show up on um, shortened URLs in the description? Um, so they only show up if it's a direct YouTube link. So with a shortened URL, you're like a Bitly link, for example, you're bouncing people off of YouTube and then back on. So in that particular case, I don't know if it's gonna show up because it might read through that link and still show up, but I'm gonna guess that it needs to be an actual, you know, youtube.com slash whatever link um, for it to show up there. But you you can definitely, um, you can definitely check, but I know all of the other links that I see down there that are not a direct YouTube link, they do not, um, they do not have any type of, you know, uh, you know, highlight or anything like that attached to them, like the ones that are directly on YouTube. Um, let's see here. Uh, next up 
Any suggestions on how to get more subscribers from Skull Gamer? Um, absolutely. So if you only have 35 subscribers right now, keep going. There's a lot of moving parts here. There's a lot of things that you got to learn how to do on YouTube in order to accelerate things. So just understand that just like with anything else that you do, um, just like learning to play a new game, there's a learning curve. You got to figure out, you know, all the rules for the game. You got to figure out where to find all the stuff for the game. You got to figure out, you know, where all, you know, the boundaries are for the game. You got to figure out how to use the controller for that particular game and, and all of that. There's a learning curve for it. So YouTube is the same exact way. The difference is when it comes to the games, you know, you do have to also build up skill sets, you know, for, you know, to advance in different games and stuff like that. YouTube's the same exact way. You got to learn how the skill set of writing titles, the skill set of creating effective thumbnails, the skill set of putting content together in a way that people respond to positively, the skill set of getting people to watch more than one video and things like that. So just embrace the learning curve and embrace the process and you'll do and you'll do fine over time. Um, let's see here. So Little Mob Crafts is why shorts are more views than long form. Um, it's because shorts, all people have to do is swipe up and YouTube's going to show your short there. When long form content, people have to choose to watch it. Um, let's see here. Looking for cues. Um, let's see here. Looking for any cues. Okay. So Shima Barry says I'm struggling with getting a higher click through rate on my AMVs. And I know that my thumbnails affect the outcome, which is something I'm not good at making. How can I find my way through it? Get better at making thumbnails, get better at making titles. And also, and I know it's not what you want to hear, but that's how you, right? Like if you've already identified, like I'm not good at that, then you got to work on that skill and get better at that thing. So, you know, like for example, if I wasn't good at, you know, presenting the content, then I would say, okay, well, I'm not, you you know, as good as I know that I can be with that yet. So therefore I need to work on that skill set so I can get better at presenting the content so that I can create a better experience for the viewers that are interacting with the content. So if you find that you're currently deficient in making thumbnails and making titles that are compelling, then in that case, you need to uh, work on that part of your skill set right now. Uh, let's see here. I made, um, so from Marilou old says I made 4,002 hours and applied to monetize steps one and two done. Then went down next day to 3,999. So here's what happens. Just so you know, when it comes to qualifying for the YouTube partner program, you have, um, it's a rolling watch time. So what that means is you have to get 4,000 hours of watch time within a 365 day period, but it's rolling. So every day that you move forward, you also have a day dropping off in the past. So what that means is if you had one day last year um, that happens tomorrow where you had 1,000 hours that you gained just on that one day, tomorrow that day is going to fall off and you're going to have to you know get that again. So of course, as you progress and you're already doing this, like you're right on that mark right now. So like you're probably one video away from qualifying for it and, you know, continuing to qualify for it. So just keep going like you're there. So you just might be like one video away or maybe two videos away from, you know, securing that 4,000 hours of watch time. Um, let's see, Q for questions. Um, is changing uh, Road Hard Restoration says, is changing the name slash thumbnail on a video released a couple of weeks ago beneficial on a video with lots of views? It can be, but it can not be also. So when you make any change to your thumbnail and or title, it's gonna cause people to respond to that differently from the outside. It's also gonna cause people to respond to the, diff to the video differently because different thumbnails and titles can create a different expectation for what people are gonna get in the video. If you make that change and people respond positively to it, then it'll help the video perform better. If they respond negatively to it and they don't respond as well, then it'll cause the video to perform 
lesser. So because of that, when you make a change and either it can go in either direction. So you have to make sure that when you do make that change that you're monitoring it so you can, so you can know if the change that you made is helping or hurting, and then you can change it back quickly if it's hurting. Zaggy DK, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Nice to see you here today. Um, memory MK. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I, um, I jumped down the uh, screen there too much. Give me one second here. Um, let's see. So we got YouTube handle. We got Tommy T's more views and subscribers. Okay. So I get more views and subscribers. Any advice? Yes. So, um, so keep going. That's normal. Um, to get more views than subscribers at a certain point, you're going to end up hitting a threshold where you'll have more subscribers than views. And hopefully, depending on your content type and, you know, and all of that, hopefully you'll be able to keep it to where you, you're getting more views than you have subscribers for a very long period of time. Even if you get into like the millions of subscribers, hopefully that happens for you. Um, um, but, you know, having more subscribers than views is normal and also having more views and subscribers is normal just based on where you're at in the process. Um, let's see here. Amy Johnson says, how important is it to have the videos be consistent links? Some of mine are four minutes. Others are 12 to 15. Um, having them consistent links is not important at all. So as long as people are enjoying the four minute videos and they're enjoying the 12 to 15 minute videos, it doesn't matter. So if you had an entire channel of four minute videos and people were loving those, that would be okay. If the entire channel was 12 to 15 minutes, that would also be okay. But mixing it up is also perfectly fine. Um, learn German says, um, how many videos of the same topic that is best in analytics should I make and how many new ones? So what you want to think about is you want to try to limit talking about the same thing all the time. Like I do that to where, you know, like I use like how to get views videos in order to get me in front of new content creators that are coming onto the platform right now, even though they'll still run across some of the old videos, that freshness, um, is the thing. So when it comes to talking about the same topic, I would try to have, you know, variations of the topic. So what I typically do, because I want people that have already experienced my content to also get value out of the new versions that I do. So I'll try to add in like additional information or maybe updated information or try to frame it a different way to help people understand it differently or something like that. Um, let's see here as we go. So little Mobcraft says why shorts are more views. Okay. We talked about that one already. Um, rock says, do you think it's possible to have a successful live stream show on a faceless channel? Um, I do depending on what it is that you're doing. So for example, let's say that you were doing woodworking and you just had an overhead camera and maybe a side view showing your, your, your work table and you're building everything right there. You're on crafting or something like that. People could still get tons of value out of that. They could still enjoy the stream. They could hear, still hear you talk and all that without you actually being on camera but faceless channels um, are also a thing on youtube plenty of successful channels that are also faceless as well that actually do videos on demand shima berry says i'm struggling with getting a higher click-through rate oh we did that one already oh you know what i jumped up too far there okay so i'm going to the experiment um expo with the whole lawn care youtube community there in louisiana kentucky how do i get the brands to sponsor me and what should i charge so in terms of what to charge, that's going to be dependent on a bunch of things um, in terms of your average view counts, how committed your community is, how much in, how engaged your community is in your content, all of that. All of that is going to be a factor on what you're going to charge. But in terms of getting them to sponsor you, first, instead of thinking about how do I get them to sponsor me, I would go and I would start trying to just network, start getting to know the people behind the brands. Um, so what might happen is you might leave without any sponsorships at all, or you might leave with opportunities. But 
you will leave you network with the names and the the conversations that you have with all of the different people that work at all these different companies. That is where a lot of long-term relationships can actually come into play later. So, you know, like for example, through going to conferences, I've opened up so many doors for sponsorship opportunities and also been able to nurture the relationships that I already have by going to conferences and just networking and just hanging out. Um, and in some of those cases, I've gotten the sponsorship opportunities years later. So for example, I'll just use Camtasia. So with them, I was talking about Camtasia on like my first videos before I even knew anybody there. It's just an awesome tool. So I was talking about it and I was recommending it in videos like within like my first five videos, I think I recommended it like twice. So I already was supportive of their product then. I went to Video Marketing World, and at Video Marketing World, I had the opportunity to do an interview with them because they were familiar with my channel at that point in time. But through that interview, that opened up the door for me to you know, talk with some of the staff there and get to know some of the people behind the product. Then a couple of years later through that, you know, interaction, I also ran into, you know, some staff at other conferences and stuff. And then later, because we already knew each other. So when they reached out to me later for the sponsorship things, Hey, Nick, hope you've been doing well. Haven't seen you since we talked to each other, you know, at, at video marketing world, hope everything's going great. Um, we're, you know, looking to sponsor some YouTube channels is something you'd be interested in, blah, blah, blah. So I was on the radar. We already had some rapport, all of that stuff. And that opened up that door. So when it comes to, you know, going to the conferences, you know, make sure you get a lot of business cards, but make sure you have a lot of conversations and go there with the intention of like, hey, I'm just gonna get to know everybody. I'm gonna get to know everybody and then I can hit them up later when I get home for sponsorship opportunities or whatever. But if you already have a thriving channel in the space, then in that case, make sure that you do let them know um, that, you know, like, oh, hey, you know, I got a channel, I got, you know, this many, you know, this many subscribers, this many views or like whatever, or just let them know that you have the channel that you talk about that stuff. And by doing that, you are putting yourself on their radar. So if you're a smaller channel and you're just getting started, go ahead and have some business cards printed up, you know, make sure you're handing those out to everybody so that they know that you have that YouTube channel, but just make it cordial. Don't be like, you know, trying to force yourself onto everybody. Just try to have a conversation, try to find out more about their products and how they might fit into your channel and things that you might promote anyway. And then that also might open up some doors for you in the future in terms of, you know, you being able to get some type of sponsorship opportunity just because you are already bringing awareness to some of their products as well. So, um, so hopefully that helps. So on that note, I want to remind everybody um, that I do have helpful links for you down in the um, video description where, uh, you know, just all types of helpful tools and resources that help you in all kinds of different aspects of, you know, you being a content creator. Um, so make sure that you check those out. But I also want to remind you, if you are somebody that is getting started um, on YouTube and you're somebody that is, um, you know, like, you know, you've been hanging out in this live stream and you're thinking to yourself like, man, it sounds like there's a lot of work to do here. There is. But I do want to let you know that, you know, it's all just a process. So, you know, it's a process of understanding. It's a process of skill development. It's a process of experimentation. And I encourage you to just go through that process and embrace the process. And instead of being like in a hurry, I mean, everybody's in a hurry. You know, we all want results fast. But instead of, you know, being obsessed with that, think to yourself like, okay, I want results fast, but what things am I doing that might be hindering 
my results that I'm getting, right? Like what, what skills do I need to work on as part of the process that's going to help me get some of, you know, that's going to help me get those results that I need? Like what skills do I need to develop? And start focusing on that and start focusing on, you know, just understanding your audience and just unpacking some of the information that we talk about here and thinking about how it applies to your YouTube channel and start looking, you know, like when I'm talking about click-through rates and average view durations and how to gauge your content and see if people are enjoying your content versus the people that are just saying they're enjoying it in your comments and things like that. Start taking some of that information, write it down and go and look at your videos and look at your channel and see how people are responding to yours. But anything that I mention that you don't like fully get, just write it down and then hop on Google, maybe watch some YouTube videos and you know try to uncover that because the more informed that you are about how the platform works, about how YouTube works, the better you're gonna do, the more skills that you develop on making thumbnails, writing titles, putting content together in a way and presenting your content and all that, the more of those skills that you develop, the better you're gonna do. So with the understanding and the skills that you develop, those two together are gonna to be your key to, you know, to whatever goal it is that you're trying to accomplish through your YouTube channel. So just make sure that you are, you know, trying to develop all of those things. So I do wanna let you know, especially if you're getting started, that because there is a learning curve, you know, it might seem intimidating, but you know, content creators just like you are breaking through every day and content creators just like you are doing the thing. And all, all of you that have made these comments in here about, you know, like, hey, I'm wanting to, you know, do this full time or I'm wanting to, you know, do what I enjoy as a, as a, as a hobby. I wanna turn that into like a, you know, a job of some kind or something like that. People are doing that every day on YouTube. People are, you know, stepping into that all the time on YouTube and you can be one of those people as well, but you gotta embrace that process first, right? You have to look for those things that you're currently deficient in and try Try to learn how to improve those things so that you can, you know, be one of those people in the future. So go and do the thing, focus on some skills this week. Instead of trying to do everything at once, just think out of this live stream, out of the information that I currently have and out of the skills I know I need to develop, what can I start working on right now so that by the time I come in here next weekend, I've, I'm, I'm leveling up a little bit, right? And you just do that and keep doing that over time and you'll, and you'll do awesome here. So thank you so much for hanging out. Um, make sure again, that, um, that you know, you, you are easy on yourself and that you just embrace the process and um, have a great rest of your weekend. And I will see you next Saturday at 9, 8, 9 a.m. Eastern. And uh, thank you for watching and I'll see you next time.